5, 4, 3, This is how valid is the validity. Are we recording? I don't think we're recording anymore. Yes, we are. Are you sure? It says it right there. Okay. <laughs> if it was stop recording, that means that it is recording. You know? <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> this has been a long couple of weeks that we've been off now. It's been two weeks? A lot of stuff has happened. Hey, I took the cover. I took okay. the cover, which is why I did that. Are you mad at me? No, that's good. Okay. With us right now is uh, in the studio again for the second time. This is a big deal. Flip Holsinger, how are you, sir? Pretty good, man. How are you? Been really, been doing really well. Been really well. The Brazilians uh, were up here a couple of weeks ago. Did you get to meet them? Man, I did not. You did not. I wasn't here. We got to do that sometime. We got to make that happen. We got to make that happen. I just want to go with you. I'd rather meet them there. Well, you know, I'm going to be going down now. It looks like October for three weeks. So maybe you and Josh could hop a boat to... You still talk to Josh? Yeah. You still friends? <laughs> Why, did you hear? Well, no. <laughs> Are we going to talk about that? No. no, did something happen? I didn't. He didn't tell me. You're kidding. No, is it bad? We're going to talk about it tonight. Uh, oh, yeah, it's bad. Like between you and him? No. Like what happened on the border of Chechnya and Georgia? With him? Yeah. You need to have him on here. He won't do it. He won't do it. He won't do it. I've we asked. almost died. He that's almost. No, that's no joke. Both of you guys almost died. When he tells a story, he makes it sound. He may, he scares me all over again. He says it's the scariest thing that's ever happened to him. Okay, cool. Yeah. Save it. Yeah. Save it. Yeah. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did not realize how deep you are into shit right now. The Haitian president, Afghanistan, uh, looking forward to maybe going or not going. Last time I talked to you, you said you weren't. Now maybe you are. I know. Right? My daughter, if she's listening, nah, she's she ain't kill listen. me. Trust me. There's only seven people that ever listen at one point. And, mo- <laughs> and all seven of them are my dad. Because he never knows how to get on <laughs> the show directly. So he's using his phone, but he's on it. And he, <laughs> but he doesn't know. He's using the computer. He's on it. He doesn't know. He's got the TV on. Seven people. <clears throat> There's been so much shit happened in this last couple of weeks. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And stuff that I've learned... So when I, when I, when you when we were talking about you coming on about the Haitian president and all that kind of thing, I was like, I, I gotta do a little bit of research here because I don't want to appear to be more dumb than I look now. Is that right? Uh, that's stupid. Uh, anyway, so I, that was very interesting to me. I didn't realize how bad they they put they put it to this 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 guy and yeah. and and why I, I I really couldn't even ascertain necessarily why. And then Afghanistan, you know. That nobody really understands that either, I think, as far as why we pulled up. But anyway, bottom line is, there's all kinds of other stuff going on. I want to get to that first, because yeah. I want to talk about some of these things, because uh, it definitely affects you. Some of it is photography-based. Um, but I just I kind of want to go over some of the COVID stuff, because it's getting really interesting right now. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking about this for the last year and a half. It's interesting. I've gone back and listened to some of these shows, you know, just last year, and what we were talking about, and, you know, how the how it went from vaccine to uh, passports to, you know, getting getting the vaccine and what would happen afterwards and all the things that people were saying last year uh, once the vaccine come out, right? You travel all over the place. 
what you know Europe is is getting some serious backlash right now. I think Eric Clapton, Andy, did you see this? So Eric Clapton's already having some health problems anyway. Yeah. So I just saw where he, the Prime Minister of of uh, London, England, England, uh, is telling people they have to have a passport now to get into clubs and concerts and 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 bigger things or whatever. So Eric Clapton canceled his show and said he's not until the, until you can find a way to where everybody can go to these things with you know vaccinated or non-vaccinated so meaning either person can yeah. go do what live their life i'm done i'm not doing it so this is starting to become a political statement no matter how you swing it um i don't know where you stand on the vaccine i don't know you know i i did, were you worried about traveling and not getting it was that a concern to you at, with all these trips so i mean the um as soon as the vaccine came out, so I guess I'll confess this. I jumped the line. I was able to jump the line and uh, because I couldn't travel with without it. So right. I was going to Republic of Georgia, former Soviet Republic of Georgia, and they required it. They were To enter the country, I had to either have a vaccination, both vaccines. I had to have two. I had to be fully vaccinated or I had to quarantine or for the 14 days. For 14 days or indefinitely. Huh? Yeah. Bring that, that was, mic a little closer to you. It was just bring it towards you. It was 14 you. days or indefinitely. So I, I couldn't risk it. I couldn't show up in the Republic of Georgia without being fully vaccinated. So I did that thing where, like, when I'm traveling and somebody puts a plate of food in front of me that looks like the feet from my mother's dead dog, <laughs> and I just eat it because it's what I do. Yeah. So I just got myself vaccinated because I just, I didn't, I just put everything out of my mind. Like any thought I had about fear about nanotechnology entering my yeah. body or anything, I just put it out of my mind and I got vac- vaccinated early on. And so, I mean, I yeah. think that's a, that's, that's a lot of people I think is, is that, you know, it's almost getting to the point now where if you want to, I mean, businesses are making you do it. Their employees yeah. are, you know, but, just, but the question of how, where I stand on it, I think that early on, I told my daughter that, that the whole public health crisis was going to be used to as like for tyranny. And 18 months later, just last weekend, she said, dad, I kind of thought you're a little half cocked right. when you're saying that. And everything you said that was going to happen has it's come happening. true. Yeah. So she said, what's next? There's control. There's a control factor yeah. of this that I don't think people understand what, where what's, it's going, where it's going because it's the, the vaccine, the, the, the vaccine card passport is in, in history. That's just the the beginning of a tyrannical state. Yeah, I mean that's that's history. That's you, you know because it's, they, it's not they, science fiction. Well, they're made in the sense that they always now know where you are and what's going on and what you, what you've done and what places you're trying to get into. Because eventually you're gonna get, it's, it's going to be a scanning situation. Meaning if you go to a club or a concert or a restaurant or a wherever you go, so it's gonna it's gonna go for these cards are not going to last. Right. It, it already, you can just stick a sticker on there. Right. But that being said, you even if you have a card, okay, they can look you up in a system right now that tells you that you only had one shot of the two, or you've had both shots in the boot. You, you know, the information is private. It's 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 public, right? What what your vaccination as yeah. far as you know, because they're saying that uh, you know you have to have proof. But those vaccination cards are not proof, right? They, it's it's proof enough if nobody cares. 
But if you really want to know if somebody's gotten the true vaccination, you've got to look online or you've got to have, be a part of a database. And that's really the scary thing about this is the database aspect. And it's never singular. Because if you think of the way that, that credit evaluation works and contact tracing, that's an old term. It's a debt collector That's right. Term. That's right. Contact tracing. Well, I mean, it's not debt. It's used in debt collection, but it's, a, it's an old term. And it's a, it's a way of, it's not just one thing. It's sort of this amalgamation of things Web. that used to yeah. evaluate a person's relationships to classify whether they're an enemy of the state or not. Well, and, and that's like getting the social media score, which I think they do in China. Yeah. You have a social media score. Well, it's not social not, media. It's a social score. A social yeah, score. And that, yeah. Your, your credit score and all that goes into account with that, right? Like bills you haven't paid, everything, right? Oh yeah, God. it's it's all it's all put together. But the the social credit in, in China is really an extraordinary thing, and it uses facial wow. recognition and surveillance and all that. But it again, that's part of that. It's part of how the state evaluates whether you're for or against the state. You know, Nazi Germany, Holy, all those things. Yeah. And so the vaccine card, you know, is it's it's not just an isolated thing. And right. you're right; it's going to have to go beyond the card. It's going to have to become something where it's something you wear or in you or and, and, and the bottom and, the fact of the matter is still more people are dying from the flu and have died from the flu than yeah. covid and so there's that's what really is making this a little bit weird everybody's starting to wrap their mind around the fact that this is never going to end it's going to be a flu situation if you're high risk for dying of the flu then you're going to have to take a shot and a booster and all these kind of things and if you're not because the the main number is the people that have died is over 77% of them were classified as obese. Yeah. Right? So there's all these other health issues with the people in, that have died, right? And so I, I think that that's, at some point in time, the, you know, all these things that they didn't, couldn't get the flu, they couldn't get people to to subscribe to with the flu, are now they're forcing you to have to get this thing if you want to go to work, if you want to go somewhere. It's extraordinary. If, if you want, it's, it's extraordinary. And if you really think about it, because, I mean, that's what people do. You were talking about it before we started the show about how people just kind of let things happen because, yeah. you know, it's there's so much going on all the time that, that you know, people's got to take in what they got to, they have to, they have to utilize and put towards their time, that their time towards things that only are hurting them or uh, affecting them right now. And if that vaccine card allows them to travel and go to work in their mind, that is, that's all they need. Yeah. And that, that who cares? I'm I'm not I don't have any problems. I'm not doing anything wrong. I just want to go to work and go do whatever. And if you're telling me this is what I got to do, then I'll do it. I don't it doesn't it's not equating the fact that this is bad. This is really not cool that you can't make a decision for yourself if whether or not you choose to get vaccinated. Yeah. It's interesting. This so basically this goes down to it, it's happening more definitely overseas. Uh you know, and 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 the prime minister Boris Johnson has just made this uh, whole vaccine passport, so to speak, uh, a, a thing. So it, it, it's going. This is going to start all across the world. It's you're, the, the 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 lawsuits in the United States right now with states, right? The government's going after like Arizona Attorney General's COVID nineteen vaccine mandate for city employees is unconstitutional. Mandates. That's the other thing that's interesting. We talked about this last year. What a, a mandate versus a law, right? So they're not the same thing, and usually mandates uh, come at a time of emergencies. Yeah, right. And I did not know this, but up until middle of April, 
the FDA still had not approved the vaccine and it was under the emergency code that, that the government was telling people they should do this. Right. Yeah. And I think finally the FDA has approved the vaccine now, but they one had, of them, I don't think all of them just fry, Pfizer, right? Might be the Pfizer one. I don't think Moderna is yet. And, and Johnson Johnson's and not two yet. of the, and two of the CDC people left or two of the FDA people know. left because they got pissed off because they've tried to, they passed the, uh, the booster shot and it really wasn't, it didn't go through any process. Yeah. Here's what gets me about this. And you tell me how, how this makes you feel. But if, if this vaccine has got to cause side effects to some people, it's got to, it already has Johnson and Johnson did the blood clotting issue. Yeah. Right now, the, the, the NIH National Institute of Health just gave a grant, a, a $1.6 million grant to find links between COVID-19 vaccine and menstrual changes because so many women have come forth saying that their menstrual cha- uh, cycles have changed. And so now, so it, like everything else, just get it in you and we'll deal with the things that happen after the fact. <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. It really is. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of the shit you're going to hear. These changes range from irregular miss or missed menstrual periods, increased bleeding, among, among other things, so much so that we're going to start looking into it. I mean, this is bad news. And, and so it, it's like if you have a peanut allergy, you can't make people eat peanuts, right? That, and, and so what I'm saying is when you give somebody a food, you tell them there's peanuts in it. Nobody knows what's in this. Nobody and, knows. And, it, and it's messing with the protein. And I'm, I'm no scientist, but I understand that that proteins are, you know, this source of life. And we're we're messing with the way that there are proteins work in order to fight the virus. And maybe that's the way all vaccines work. I don't know. It isn't. But it's but it's extraordinary because it's it's like but because it wasn't fully tested. And again, it's that thing where it's like, okay, because we're in a state of emergency, it's you know, right. Drink this, take that. The way you know, the way that I understood it from, uh, I did a little bit of research before I got mine. Um, not that I mean, I'm no doctor either, and I don't, I have a hard time deciphering what any of that stuff means. But uh, they're putting it in, it's an RNA, mm-hmm. like a, it's a copy of like a DNA sort of thing, along with a bunch of different amino acids, aminos that, <laughs> a bunch of different- yeah, but they, it lists them all in there. You can read each one and look up hey, each. Hey, bartender, what am I drinking? Don't ask. It's pretty, it's pretty weird stuff, but it's supposed to basically trick your body into making copies of this RNA to make your body. M- f- your create. whole body fights the virus face bo- fight yeah a fake virus yeah your body makes it, it it is it's almost like part of the dna it's part of your it's like they're putting they're writing a dna essentially that turns your whole body into a covid virus now here's Ooh, what, maybe we'll become like venom well here's the here <laughs> here's the screwed up part so dr fauci's getting in some serious shit some serious <laughs> hot water this piece of shit i know should have been gone everybody knew that these things and or deny it from the beginning. He's a piece of shit. I mean, a straight up piece of shit that's been around as some sort of health advisor since the 70s. Okay. He was invested in this Wuhan lab. He used American money, United taxpayer dollars to fund these things that are called, um, shit. What's it called? It is, what is the research? I can't think of the name right now, but it is a research that basically creates viruses that aren't currently in existence. They made this this virus, COVID nineteen, whatever strand this is, was created in a lab, and and this was supposed to be stopped 
he was supposed to have stopped. And, and, and so what he's in trouble for right now is Congress is saying you didn't stop and you lied about it and he's in some serious trouble. Okay. And so I, I, what I hope doesn't happen is that this ends up being like a, where he just gets, you just no longer hear from him. Right. That, that it just kind of just, he, he's been part of so many administrations. The guy's got so much power and he truly does. Yeah, he does. Right. That he just kind of fades into the night and doesn't get in trouble for the horse shit he's been feeding people, you know, and, and CNN too. And CNN right now, CNN, I think we have more viewers than CNN does currently. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's a crock of shit. You know, it, it really is. And I don't mean to cuss so much tonight, but it, it's really, when you read this, what is going on and what, what has happened with this, this machine that, you know, three years of Trump and basically just not letting anything get done and making him look like such a bad guy and all that kind of thing. And whether he was or not is, is not my point that, 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 to leave Biden alone to his own devices, to where his own staff turns him off when he's on when he's talking past the script. This doesn't seem real, right? It just doesn't seem like that anybody has the American public in their mind on a political level, right? Except for Joe Manchin, of all people, right now seems to be the only one that's got the American interest, as a, especially as a Democrat, in his, in in his heart and 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 holding on to money. To watching the purse strings, it really is a fucked up world right now, it, upside down. Going back to the point of this with the vaccine issue, do you feel, and in all the places you've traveled especially, is the rest of the world any different than we are here in other places that you've been? I mean, because you definitely go to some places that no you, people don't even go on vacation, yeah. right? <laughs> what, what, what are the sentiments of people in, other pla- in these types of places? It's very similar to the U.S. And no matter what anybody, the picture that the media often paints is that sort of this minority, rural, uneducated, you know, white crowd is, you know, skeptical. But the reality is most people are skeptical. And that in most of the world are, are hesitant. And I think a lot of people are, are like me. I don't think a majority of people are, are, are happy and excited and running to have the vaccine. I think that they're cautiously doing it and hoping for the best. But in most of the places where I've gone, there's been a minority that's been, you know, almost fanatical and angry about, you know, if you're not with us, you're against us and that, any sort of questioning or skepticism is not allowed because it's a health emergency. And then a lot of people have just downright dismissed it. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but you know, when I was with the shepherds, I mean, I don't think there's a shepherd that's vaccinated maybe now, but, um, and one, they didn't need it. Like what's a shepherd, right, need right. it? you know? And so in the, so in those rural populations, you could say it's because they're educated, but they're skeptical. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 they're actually, they're critically, they're thinking critically. What is an average lifespan for one of those shepherds? I mean, uh, they, they, can they live in their eighties? Yeah. But actually I've never seen one in their eighties. Yeah. So it's, it's rough life. Those who, yeah, it's a really rough life. I mean, I, I don't know what the average age is, but I've never seen any, I've seen a few people in their seventies, but they're, they're rarities. But most of them are, you know, 30s and 40s, some in their 50s. And they look 70. Yeah, they they look yeah. rough. Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
Do you, (laughs) speaking of third world countries, have you been to California lately? (laughs) Yeah. What, 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 what's your, have have you seen any of this heat that's going on out there right now? And, and I just, I bring this up because, you know, Larry Elder's looking very good for this. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, and they're already starting against him. They, the, the LA, the LA times, as a matter of fact, had a, a piece, uh, that was <laughs> labeled, uh, Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy. Yeah. I saw that. So now everybody's saying it, All college professors, uh, the head of the, well, what's extraordinary about, about that again, it, it, I've talked about it all the time, but it's, you know, the way that we work in media is that it's activism and that's not what journalism is supposed to be. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm teaching this semester and today one of the discussions was about, you know, sources and that in intelligence gathering, the first thing you do with a person, with a, an asset, a human source is you, you try to evaluate the reliability of that source. And you evaluate the reliability by trying to discover their biases, their prejudices, their feelings about things. And then you find other sources, either other people or data to sort of corroborate, like compare that with. But the same goes for ourselves as sources, as observers and as witnesses to things. And that as a, as a journalist, your, your first job is supposed to be to check your own biases, your own feelings. And no matter how you feel about a subject, your job is to try and extract the truth from the world around you and present it so that people can make honest, informed decisions. And journalism isn't acting like that now. It's just acting as activism in support of causes and people. And that's, that doesn't help anybody. I mean, in California, you know, it's, it's clear that the media is on the side of Newsom, but why, even if he deserved it, even if he's a better man than this guy elder, it would serve the public to approach all the candidates, 40 some candidates in this and approach them without our own bias. It's, it's, it's crazy what's happening. So, what, what, do you do you ever see this this changing? Do you ever see this changing in the sense that when you see ratings like CNN go down, who are so biased, like you know where where the Operation Veritas, I mean, really should have just got them off the air. That whole thing where somebody went in and undercover and and started working there and just got them on tape, basically saying point blank, we're just we are. This is what we're doing. I mean, there's no news. There's no journalism in this. There's no point. There's no uh, taking, no taking side. We are taking a side. We are doing this. This is what we're going to do. And after this is done, we're going to start this, right? Do do you think it is going to change any of these uh, legacy media uh, uh, streams or at all when as as people they're starting to see people get totally just pissed off and turned off when you got places like Newsy? and Epic times and some of these other outlets starting to pop up all over the place. Is that what we're going to see is just a bunch of news outlets popping up all over the place. Do you see any change in, in these major out uh, current outlets? No, no. I mean, they they got their base, you know, readers and viewers and they're going to lose, you know, viewership readership like New York times. 
but they got a base. They got loyal people, and they're they're going to try and reach out to those loyal people and keep feeding them things to get those clicks, and you know, and so they'll they'll adjust it. You know, when they don't have a a, a Trump to be the you know right. the, the boogeyman, they'll find new boogeyman, and it's all about the boogeyman. You know, inside. And they, they, they want to jump from one boogeyman to another. Like a newsman's dream is when you have a war followed by a hurricane, right. <laughs> followed by a, a death. It's awful. Followed by, I mean, it's I like it. it's a dream because you're just going to get clicks, clicks, clicks. And if you don't have it, you got to invent it. And there are great ones. I, I think it's comical because as a lover of history, and I wish more people were, I wish more people would just pay attention to what they already know. As a lover of history, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Right before I was born, it was the great communist scare. That's right, yeah. McCarthyism, we called it. And while there was a real threat, Soviet Union, McCarthyism, what we call McCarthyism, was this ridiculous witch hunt. That was the boogeyman. Everybody's a communist. If you have any sort of criticism to the, to the, you know, what then was a conservative state, you were considered a communist. And now it's, you know, climate change. And I'm not a debunker yeah. of of what's happening to the environment, but it's like that's the new boogeyman or racism or, you know, it's like they're all just boogeymen. If you turn off the news, nothing really bad happens. <laughs> it's really insane. But that's its root. That's what news is. News is formed um, in the trade publications of the age of industry in England, and they were the first news reporting, there were newspapers in Germany, but they're like these local rags, but the first news papers were trade magazines that reported for the trade industries. And so it was reporting bad weather and bad politics in say Thailand that was going to affect the transport of rubber and copper or whatever. There's going to, and that, so it was all about insecurity, bad weather, bad politics. And then, to make the news a little more interesting, they threw in local gossip and color yeah. and stuff. And that's how, that's like what the newspaper was and kind of still is. So do you, do you think that, what, what do you think was the major, from Walter Cronkite to today, let's just say, was the 24 hour news, the, the downfall of this whole thing you think in your mind or what, what was it? Just the need to get ratings when it's that it's, 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 News is a business. That doesn't mean it's bad, but it is a business. And when money becomes, you know, the object and what news competes against, I mean, it has to, it has to stay relative and compete. And the news is competing against all this beautiful noise that, you know, people want to, I mean, it's just eyes. People, advertisers are paying for people's attention. And if you can't keep their attention, if you're competing against something else, yeah. you're going to have to change. And that's what news did. And, and people do it, right? People make, that's the, that's the weird part about it. People are the one that create this mess because they, they bitch about not getting the right news. But then when they get good news or when they get news that they don't necessarily want to hear, they just turn it off. Or but if the, it's something not whole, interesting. The whole format is, is wrong now. Yeah. I mean, what's, do you remember a thing called firing line? No. I, I remember Morton Downey Jr. It was, the- <laughs> um, I think it was, I think it's called Firing Line. It's uh, with, oh my goodness, he's a conservative guy. It was the longest running television news program in history, I believe. And this would 
Oh my goodness. What was the guy's name? He would just sit down with one guest and they would have these long intellectual conversations for like an hour on primetime television. And then you think back to Walter Cronkite or even further back, like the transcript of one broadcast news, they would read primary sources. They would have the entire speech of the president. They would just let you make up your mind. But now like it's 30 seconds, one minute, 15 seconds. And it's just boom, boom, boom. It's every aspect of life too. It's music. It's, it's everything. It's not even, it's not even real. It's not really. It's not real. It's not, it's not real. I mean, it's not the news of our lives. It's not, you know, and that's why long form journalism, which is what I do, which is, you know, closer to what a novelist does is going really deep into real characters and real places and people. And then all the elements that end up in the news, all the subjects we talk about, war, poverty, crime, you know, race, all those things, they all inhabit people's lives. But when you look at it in real time and a real life, it's, it's so much better and richer, but it takes time. What, what, what is a, a time that you've had where you, you were hired to do a job or you went out working for the AP, for instance, and you took pictures of a situation that didn't fit the narrative and your pictures wouldn't get used because of it. You ever had that kind of situation? Oh yeah. Right. So you, you would take pictures. Did you go in knowing what, what they, what you thought they wanted? There's always a narrative. Yeah. I mean, there's always an expectation and part of that is just pragmatic. It's that, you know, you have to produce something and it's got to end up either in the paper or, on the floor, you know, it's got to, it's got to, it's got to produce something. So you have to have a, you're starting out in a direction. So, and I talked about this when I was here before Katrina, that was the turning point for me covering hurricane Katrina. I'd already felt like news was fake news long before, you know, yeah. Trump was ever saying yeah. it. And I felt like it was fake because I didn't get to spend enough time with people and we we're just pushing the drama. And the reality is, is that most of life isn't dramatic. Most of life is quiet even in a war zone because war zones aren't war zones. They're just people's neighborhoods where there's happens to be a conflict. Same with a hurricane or a a natural disaster. It's not a natural disaster. A natural disaster happens to a real place and there's real life there before and real life after. And, and it's like we lose the context when all we focus on is the drama, but that's what gets people's attention. But it was during hurricane Katrina where Joe Goldstein, who's now at the New York times, and I was the photographer. He was a writer. And we were reporting. We were in, in New Orleans after the levees broke. And the at that time, the Peace Corps was the first time they ever came to U.S. soil. They were there, the National Guard, and all these aid workers and construction workers and dump truck drivers were there. But they had nothing to do yet. And they all were on Bourbon Street, like five days after the levees broke or seven days after or something. And it was party central strip clubs were open. And I took these photographs of national guardsmen with nothing to do. And they were in a souvenir shop shopping souvenirs. Goldstein and I went into the strip clubs and they let us photograph in the strip clubs. And the story that we were putting together was sort of this, you know, this waiting where there was all these people to help but there wasn't, there was just like normal life going on and the disaster was still there, but it, it wasn't all as bad as, as the news made, wanted right. to make it. 
None of those were ever published. That story was never Released. followed or whatever. It was just drama, looting, death. And then there was misreporting that took place. And Goldstein and I were saying, we can't verify any of these things. And the two, two very big stories that st people still believe about New Orleans is that children were raped in the Superdome. And that these black guys on a bridge were shooting shotguns at a helicopter. But they were just made up stories. They never happened. Are you kidding me? And people still believe those things happened because they were reported. And we were saying, these are third-hand reports, but we've never talked to an eyewitness that has seen any of these things. And you were there. And that happens all the time in news. People, because they want to rush. And, and now, that's becoming standard. It's yeah. sort of like okay, somebody makes an accusation, as long as it's in their mouth, I'm going to run with it and put it on because it's going to get clicks. It's going to get drama. It's going to, And then if you know, it's not true, we're just, we're just going to move on. Yeah. And they'll, they'll very quietly say, oops, sorry, that wasn't, you know, correct. I mean, this was just last week. The, the reporting, I think it was in Oklahoma about the hospitals. Remember yeah. this? No. So it was Invectum or something like this, some oh, treatment. Oh, yes, that's right. So- this Andy, local hold news. Hold on, hold yeah. on for a second. Andy, do you know what this drug is? The indectrin? Yes. Mm -hmm. What is it? It's a horse dewormer. Yeah, oh, that's what it is. God, a horse that's dewormer. Right. So people mm -hmm. are taking a horse dewormer. No. So the story is that some local TV broadcasting station, wherever this happened, forgive me for not knowing, and I'm not keeping up with it. That's fine. But some local local newscaster interviewed this doctor and said, like, all these people are basically taking this and they're it's hurting them and, and they're losing hospital beds and they can't take in COVID patients because of this. Oh my God. Rolling Stone picked it up, ran it huge. Then everybody started quoting Rolling Stone, quoting this other newscaster, Holy quoting shit. this doctor. But it turns out not one of them called the hospital. This doctor didn't work there. It was a total lie. None of it was true. Are you kidding? How many people started taking horse dewormer after this? Uh, well, yeah. Is that you a know, thing? <laughs> you know who but did. That was a, but what is even about that? It was that, that this doctor was saying they were taking it, it was hurting them, and none of that was true. This no, doctor I, just I, made it up. This, this and, the, and the journalist never... Even so, calls the hospital. And now they, they're still, they've never really, Rolling Stone ran a correction, but like MSNBC, none of them have really come back and said this was a lie. They've just said it's not exactly true. But what it's is like, it? What was it? Was it based on the fact that somebody did take this thing? Because this is interesting to me. Probably. But, but what's amazing, though, is that a doctor lied, and he had worked at that hospital before. He wasn't currently working there, and he made up a total fiction and sold it to the media, and then the, all the media ran with it. And now the world believes that, and it's not true. But they don't they don't run back with the same fervor to correct. No, um, they do not. Know, that's exactly right. People are being uh, punished for things like that as well. Like as far as like if you looked at um, Joe Rogan, he took that stuff. Did you hear about that? No. So yes, what is going on with this? All right. So yeah, Joe Rogan got um, got COVID, and apparently took the that stuff of so. This is what I read. Don't know if it's true or okay. not. Okay. This is what I read, but he took that stuff, and because he talked about it on his show, but he was very clear in the beginning that, hey, I am not a doctor, do not do what I do, this is what I am doing, but um, supposedly Spotify dropped him for that. $100 million contract, he's done. No more Spotify, probably going to go back to YouTube, 
and all because they said that he was, you know, pushing fake news, pushing fake something that doesn't work. But he apparently beat COVID in like three days and is perfectly fine. And he took this horse dewormer stuff. I got to be what, honest with you. Yeah, I I got it. I read that story. I read the I read the follow up that said that it wasn't true. That that, that but nobody whatever. How 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 now, brown cow? How how do people? How how do we believe anything now? Here's what scares me: we can't even have a conversation about it. Like I'm actually nervous tonight, talking with you. Why? No, I'm not saying that to make you afraid. I mean, think about the environment we're living in yeah. now. Yeah. Like your show could actually get closed down because we say the wrong thing about COVID. Now we've talked about this before, and tell me, tell me, I'm but wrong. Isn't that extraordinary? We That's would get a, we more people would start listening to us if we got shut down. That'd be a good thing for us, <laughs> maybe. But isn't that a weird thing in the United States of America that I, I have to I have to be cautious in what I even search? And how how mm-hmm. is it that but, that? But you know, I gotta I gotta say something though on this. Like we should be able to have an, a, a conversation about anything. We should be able to have a conversation about somebody wanting to have sex with unicorns. Like now that you brought it up, we have no choice <laughs> because why did was that on the you know top that's of the actually dome? the 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 official national animal of Scotland. I kid you not. Look it up. Why was that something that you even said? What what if, what are you doing? You need to get some sleep. I do. So we're gonna take a break, and then I want you to come back, and we're gonna. Uh, That's gonna be the last thing you're gonna let be discussed. No, you take no, no, no. I want to. I want to talk about one other photography thing before we get into the. Yeah. Josh, you and Josh dying. Oh, straight up story. I'm telling you, crazy. I'm. I'm. This is really intriguing to me. This is really intriguing. We're gonna be right back. Don't. Don't go anywhere. This. We're flip Holsinger from, from, uh, from Johnson and Johnson. for how valid is the validity. Aurora Nutrascience. True liposomal supplements. Guidance Whiskey. Look for guidance. Sony Mobile. Car Audio. Next Level. Verdoliac Law Group. Let us help you. Maestro Headphones. German engineering you can hear. Media Ninja, helping you understand how to use social media. How valid is the validity? Wednesday nights, live on Facebook and YouTube, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, or download wherever you get your podcasts. Odds are, if you watch TV, you've seen plenty of ads for lawyers. It's usually a lawyer telling you how great they think they are. But at the Verdoliac Law Group, it's different. It's always about the client. In fact... All of us are actual clients, and we're here to proudly tell you how much the Verdoliac Law Group has done for us. What impresses me most is how much the Verdoliac Law Group believes in their clients. They only get fees if they win, and they use their own dollars to take cases to trial. Nine billion dollars, over 30,000 clients represented, and almost 60 years in business. That's a testament to their strength, knowledge, and success. In fact, call them with all your legal needs. Like the saying goes, if they've been around that long, they must know what they're doing. If you're injured in a car or truck accident, any work-related injury, or as a result of a medical error, call Verdoliac Law Group, where it's always about the client. Injured? Call Verdoliac Law Group. 
You really need a Cockney accent. I don't need to, to do, do that. What, huh? You need a Cockney accent. I'm not. Hey, I listen. Don't use that do word it. with me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a measurement. So, okay. Before, before, two things I want to go over because both of them have photo uh, connotations. Photo and, and video. So the first thing I'm going to do is this pedal tavern shit in, in Nashville is a thing. These these pedal taverns and then the trucks and the buses and people have been falling off of the back of them. That's crazy. One I guy got run over. I know. Right? They, Nashville finally stopped mm. giving new licenses. Finally. Okay. I'm going to I want to show you a clip. And I want you to let me think of how to set this up. So I want you to look at this from the aspect of how you feel about these things. Do you 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 for them or get you you don't care or you, or it pisses you off these all these things downtown? You're asking me. Yeah. Do you you, you give a different. shit? Don't care. I don't like them. I I I don't like so many of them. That's I, I will say that. Like I I th- I think some of them are cool. I think a tractor and a. And a in a in a in a in a what do they call them the beds? I think that's cool. I think a couple of the pedal taverns is not, but the this this monstrosity they're letting every vehicle known to man cutting the top <laughs> off and just letting it float downtown. <laughs> that being said, I want you to watch this video and then and then from a perspective of a nineteen second clip. Okay, I want to hear your opinion. Let's go. I'm so excited. I don't know what's about to happen. Ever since a man from Michigan fell off a party bus in late July. Oh there have been calls gosh. for new regulations for the so-called transportainment vehicles. Transportainment. Those calls are backed by some city leaders. That and dude just walked well. away from that? Yeah. And a video of a man stumbling from a pedal tavern is now causing more concern. All right, but that mute it, please. Can you mute it? Can you mute it? Okay. So now watch this video. All right. Guy gets off. Boing. Bam. Bam. Okay. Now. Now they're talking about having regulations for these pedal taverns, okay? What you do not know and what pedal tavern said is that they wanted they wanted to see more context to this video, okay? And so I when I heard that I was like, what con- who care how much context do you need? This that and the other. The guy about got run I mean two <laughs> I mean a Dan Andy <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can stop now. <laughs> All right. But well, but so here's what you don't know, okay? This guy was not on the pedal tavern. He was not part of that ride. He was walking down the street, drunk as a skunk, and gets up and sits on the bench, which apparently this is a deal with these things because before you leave when you're getting the rundown, before you leave wherever you get picked up on these things, they tell you that if a stranger sits up on the on the whatever vehicle with you, you're supposed to go stranger, stranger, danger, stranger, stranger. danger, stranger, huh. danger. Okay. So these people are yelling, stranger, danger, stranger, danger. <laughs> it looks like one of those. What America? What, what's that? Uh, what, what are the South Park guys had oh, that the wacky uh, arm whaling <laughs> yeah. inflatable tube man? <laughs> stranger, danger, stranger, get the hell off you bitch. That guy was just taking was they were yelling at him to get off the damn vehicle. Okay. So going back to what you said earlier about 
you know, you see something and you just take the clip and, and you see what you think you see without any context and you go out and start shouting it to the world, which is what happens here. Yeah. Some city council people now want to put regulations on these pedal taverns, but in essence, that had nothing to do with pedal tavern. That wasn't a actual customer on a pedal tavern. That was just some dude walking downtown. Okay. I, I after I, I, I don't like the pedal taverns. I don't like all the situation that's going on downtown. So I looked at that and it pissed me off. And I'm like, yes, damn right. They stopped giving licenses to new things right now because of that video. Is that okay? And and then I fall into the trap of what you were talking about earlier because I then turned into that guy who just watched a 19-second clip who already had a bias of not liking all those yeah. things anyway. And then it just fortified my bias, right? It fortified my Ooh, that's feeling. That's a good title for a book. Right? It fortified my fortifying fortified bias. bias, right? Boy, that's the truth, right? It fortifying bias in 30-second clips. I mean, that that's because that's what we do now. We watch these... TikTok 15 second videos. Yeah. And any it, any citizen journalist bullshit. Right. Sorry. And we make no, I don't give a shit. But we make up <laughs> our mind, right? We make up our mind on on these TikTok story Instagram stories, all those types of things that are 30 seconds long. Right? But this fortified how I felt about the pedal tavern and made me feel even more like I was right that these things need to be more regulated and and licenses need to stop for these things. And then she goes the guy wasn't even on the pedal tavern. He he forced himself up on the on the thing. Now what? I mean, I, this is a weird world for for making your up your mind and trying to figure out how to make a decision on something. Can't even climb on a random pedal tavern anymore. Right, completely soused. <sighs> so the, the should the actual bias or should the actual should I be upset at the bars for letting people get enamored? You know, is is that is that not because that that now is a thing that people are talking about. At that point, they're going to put totally against the code of ethics that you were just talking about as far as extracting the truth out of a given situation. What they did was perpetuate a lie just to get clicks. I mean, that's that should be you should be tossed in the freaking gulag for that shit, man. I mean, that's right. Yeah. Even if there needs to be regulation, you know. Creating a fake story to sell the need doesn't help truth. You that's know? where it's gotten us to where we're at today. With everything being just everybody so sensitive and so that's I mean, right? So sensitive based on things that don't have context. Right. You you you're getting pissed off on things where you don't know the whole story. No, <laughs> people not count for the rest that. of the people story. People aim for that. They aim for it. It's like they're 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 banking on that fact. Now people are making millions of dollars. It's it used to be where a headline would make you read something, or a, or a or a commercial would make you want to watch sixty minutes, and then you watch or read something. You read that headline, and you're like, "This was stupid. This had nothing to do with the headline." Oh, but and it, now, but it got yeah, you right. That, that's what they're they're all about. It's like, and usually, like the you know the way that journalism, the AP style, the inverted pyramid, the the way that it has worked traditionally has been. To have a, a headline that tells you what the story really is, and the very first sentence or paragraph is called the lead. Right. And that's supposed to give you the entire story, all the essential information. The next paragraph, called a nut graph, is supposed to give you the second, you know, most important information and in, and then in descending order of priority. Right. 
And it's written that way so that you can lob off the last paragraphs if you don't have room to publish them without losing the facts of the story. But now oh. stories, they bury the actual thing just to keep you there. With some sort of sensationalized headline. Yeah, they give you some sensational headline. It's like, it's not even journalism anymore. It's like, it's weird yellow Boy, garbage no because yep. it's not, it's not about informing you and helping you get information and learn. It's about entertaining you and keeping you there so that people can sell you crap. And that, and that's very funny that you say that because I, my, my highlighting in my research notes, it, it, the highlighting doesn't really start until the middle to the end. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I never even thought it's about changed. that. It's unbelievable. I mean, but, but that's, you know, and, it's and, unbelievable. and I'm teaching it right now, but I'm teaching and telling the students, this is not what they're going to have you do. <laughs> when you go to work for these publications, they're going to change it up on you. Are you done with AP stuff? Yeah. Yeah. You, you just had, I enough. mean, I, I, um, I still am a stringer. I mean, I, I signed a contract every year at the New York times as a stringer, but I rarely do anything and nobody's calling me these days. Yeah. And because I just don't do that stuff anymore. I work on these, I'm more like an old fashioned life magazine, you know, slash, you know, national geographic, the real national geographic, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. I mean, I just do these deep anthropological dives into society and people's lives. And I want to show you guys this real quick. Yeah. Um, Let's see if I can get this to pop up. Uh, see in the full. This is off a video. I watch this guy's videos a lot right here, though. He made this thing, and it's this cool graph. Withholding information, misleading or sensationalized. And what he talks about is you got type 2 clickbait. That's kind of, that's, in, it's the more misleading and sensationalized it is. And then the other way that it goes is the more harming it is for the reader. You know what I'm saying? You got to watch this video. I, I wish this was a little bit more. I don't know. I could play a piece of it, but it's. You better be careful. Yeah. But it's. Uh, you should watch that. It's pretty cool. The now, okay. That, go back on that, Andy. What, 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 nine out of 10 Americans. Nine out of 10 Americans are completely wrong about this mind blowing fact. Someone gave some kids some scissors. These are these are types of clickbait headlines that he's talking about. Oh, I got you. He, yeah. So. Yeah, so there's there's the nine out of ten things yeah. to make you feel included and be like that could be me. I'm one of those nine out of ten, or yeah. or, or I'm the one out of sensational 10. kid with scissors. Here's what happened. Here's, yeah, here's what, what happened next is you got to see what happened. That that's that's like the the big one. You see right, but see that that to me is not new. What what I no. think what I think is new is 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 the it, it, or new newer because I, I say that in the sense that new new being the last 20 years, 15 years, because those sensationalized headlines and stuff, they used to use that for kids on Saturday morning. I mean, yeah. there's a bad, I mean, the, the Balzac for God's sakes. I oh, mean, yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but this, this whole thing of taking, I'm telling you, this got me, this, I, I'm, I, this, this one got me where I watched this clip and I was like, Oh, those damn stupid pedal taverns kiss my butt. You know, it's like, these are awful things. And now here, this just proves it, but it didn't prove it. But old journalism wasn't so different. So the, the but that but that woman didn't even mention it at first. You see that too. The news anchor did not even mention it until it went into the middle of, and then the girl says it halfway through her spiel about it. Yeah. So you're you you hit it right on. I mean, it's but the early photographers like New York City, um, and I forget some of their names, shooting with the old Crown Graphic, they would carry 
a bottle of motor oil with them. They're shooting black and white. Kodachrome didn't exist then. So they go to a scene of a murder and they pour it on the ground because it looks like blood. No. Oh, in black and white. Yeah. This is a, this is a common practice. People carried stuffed animals, ball caps. So it's a, a car crash. They throw that on the ground, pour a little motor oil down there. And it's like, oh, maybe a kid died. And there's no something. way. This is a common practice. Okay. So uh, journalism where ethics, w- they, would, they didn't exist early on. And then after World War II, during World War II and into the 50s, then they, people started writing ethics. The, the New York Times was one of the first to sort of set up standards of conduct. And, you know, they got really, really strict protocols in, in the New York Times. Even today? Even today. I mean, like my buddy, um, a girl was brutally assaulted and, and we both knew her. We knew her when she's in grad school and that landed on his desk. He's a crime reporter at the New York times and she was he, killed. He, no, she lived, but it was, it was a huge story a few years ago. I mean, oh my God. kidnapped, held guy, tried to burn her alive and she escaped when the ropes melted in the fire. And, but Goldstein couldn't even cover that because he knew her. He had to, he had to tell the editors like, I know the girl and he's totally forbidden. Holy Moses. So there, there are really strict protocols about, you know, to try and curb your bias and, you know, but, but so that didn't do exist you feel early like, on. Do you feel like that the New York Times leans, has more of a liberal bias? Oh, it's very liberal. Right. Yeah. Right. So that, that, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's, it's not a biased place. They have a lot of protocols in place, but, but it's definitely, I mean, news in general, like is. Is just left leaning. Is there a newspaper of that stature in the United States anymore that isn't biased to one side or the other? Does that exist right now? Like a like a New York Times or an LA Times or a or a a Wall Street Journal or I mean Wall Street Journal, yeah. It's it's pretty down the line, middle. Yeah, I mean Wall Street Journal is the one that I trust the most. Really, but they don't have the money. That the New York Times has. Yeah. I mean, probably they, because they're so middle of the road and not sensationalizing. Well, too, that's, and, that's right. well, it's, a, it's a different publication. It's but yeah. it's a big publication. But you feel it's the most unbiased. I don't know if it's the most unbiased. I mean, they have, but it's um it it seems to me. Where do you not 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 counting your politics, where do you go to try to get a non biased view? Where do you go? I I try to find as many primary sources as I can. I, I don't go to the news for it. Now I have to confess, it's like my dirty little secret. I sort of read the headlines, and I, I consume a lot of, a lot of news. But I, I read a lot of uh, news from around the world, so I love to see what other countries are saying about things that are happening here. And it really puts it in perspective. Yeah. D- should the United States, in your opinion, based on all the places you've been, should the United States? be that concerned about what other countries think of it? Well, I mean, does that no. make sense? Like, do you, I'm not sure what the okay, question is. So like, I mean, for instance, when Trump was in office, yeah, we had a lot of opinions from Europe, from South America. But did we, we did. There was a lot of opinions yeah. about Trump and, and what, what Trump's, um, what people thought of the people here because he was elected for yeah. instance. Are these things valid as far as when when you go overseas and you and you kind of hear this firsthand from people that are or you don't? Because, I mean, this, this is something that is this fake, too, that that 
that Europeans well, thought that I Americans mean, were out of their mind for electing Trump, for instance. I mean, is that is people that, people have opinions and, and and they may be right, but you gotta remember where their opinions come from. Their opinions come from news reading the news yeah, from right. here. So their opinions are actually mostly based on very, very limited information that's not in context. I mean, you know, and, and there are generalizations about every everyone. And the the generalization about Americans are that we're kind of cowboyish, you know, kind of got a interesting accent that we're <laughs> we're tough people and but that's a common sort of perception and also that we're like a police state with like shitloads of car chases and crimes. <laughs> so that's what people think. Yeah. I don't I don't know how uh, accurate this is. This is as of January 2021. Uh, this is a uh, um uh, graph or a chart of media bias um, going from up to up and down on the top up here you got original fact reporting and all the way at the bottom would be contains inaccurate fabricated info on the left is most extreme left on the right is most extreme right all the way to the right info wars down here you got your Alex Jones full Where, where's full Alex Jones at down here, all the way to the right oh, and all wars. the way at the bottom. Okay. Yeah, so he'd be, he's the most right-wing bullshit spewer of them all. Right. <laughs> all the way to the left, you're looking at, you know, and a bunch of Where's people. Where's Al Jazeera on there? Where is Al Jazeera? I can't even see. It's hard to tell because some of them are really. See, I, I'm going to say that Al Jazeera is probably where CNN or above. Oh, right there. Al, you see where my uh, cursor is? Yeah, there's, there's Al Jazeera. Yeah. So slightly left, but it's fact reporting. <laughs> And AP, right in the middle right here, fact reporting. I don't uh, know who made that chart, but I would not put AP as the number one, you know, trustworthy, fact-based news But I don't think, is that world. what that's saying, Andy? Probably made by the AP. Well, I mean, it's just saying middle it's of the road. original oh, okay. fact reporting, oh, okay, yeah. middle of the road. It's yeah. not as sensationalized, maybe, is kind of what it's what it's getting at. I don't know. I mean, but look yeah. what they got the today. Uh, today. I mean, that, there's no way that skews right. How's that? There's no possible way. Again, that's here we are in a situation where we need to check the source and check. Yeah. You know, this is. I found this on multiple different websites. But there might be, yeah, some algorithm that they're using. Sort of. Well, who is the source of like, this? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, Fonts Media at the bottom, Andy. Oh yeah, adfontsmedia.com. But this is a picture that I found from many different. Yeah. This picture is on lots of different publications, so it's hard to. Who knows who made this? I have no idea, but. Well, here's the here's the hey, hey you want to know you want to know something strange about it. Well, I'll tell you what, go, bring it back up. Where's where's Daily Wire? That'll kind of give you an idea uh, of Daily Wire's all the way over here. Okay, so uh, hyper partisan right with opinion or high variation in reliability. Now that's 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 not right. Those guys are very right, no question about that. Very yeah. conservative and 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 libertarian. Okay. But their stories are checked sources that come from all over the place. So I, that I, that is a little off to me. That's why I say that. Well, I'm saying the AP one really throws me because the AP is very left leaning, and you know the AP is just huge. But the size of them, I, I don't know how they're they're considered so middle of the road. What do you think? Okay, so let's 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 look at this uh, uh, for one more second here. I try to watch, I try to watch Daily Wire, Fox News, and what else is over there? Newsmax is not actually not bad. It's 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 not their content's not quite there yet, and and I and sometimes 
New York Post, but New York Post seems a little bit inquiry to me at times. <laughs> I, I love the New York Post because the New York Post will put anything on the front, front page. page. I mean, it and is I, insane. I just, it's inflammatory, and I kind of <laughs> like it because of it. So as for my my right side stuff, that's where I go, okay? Now, there's the Wall Street Journal. So you, you were right about that. They're saying that leans a little more right. But but then you come over to the left, Huffington Post. I, I that's That's where I try to go. Uh, MSNBC, not so much, uh, but Huffington Post for sure. And I tell you what I try to watch sometimes that I don't even see up there is, uh, the young Turks. Where are they at? Do you see them, Andy? No, I'm yeah, I don't see BBC or the guardian. I read both of those pretty BBC BBC's right here, yeah. which in the middle. is, I don't believe that, that there's that, the guardian should, right there. Yeah. Do you see, do you see the young, if the young Turks are at the top of that list, I'm going to kiss somebody's ass. So when I so here's what I do. I try to go. I, I pick three or four over here, and three or four over here, and then I, there are the Washington Wall Street Journal is definitely the Hill. The Hill's not a bad. Yeah, I, I like the but Hill. See, all of these are mass media. I right. mean, so they're, they're all owned by five people, and, right? And, I mean, and, half of the, more than the, uh, two thirds of these are owned by five people. And there are yeah. so many. Um, you know, there there are so many trade journals. But it, it takes time. You know, who has the time to read those things? And I, I consume those things. I mean, I read military reports. I, you know, I read a lot of security stuff. Um, and I, I, I read a lot of intergovernmental reporting. But again, I, have, I make the time for it. I'm a voracious reader. So, but most people don't have the time to do that. Let me tell you something. I mean, they're selling this thing. You for can buy 15 the, bucks. Yeah, you can buy this as a... I mean, it's it's not a it's actually not a bad piece of 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 uh, it's not a bad piece of media to have for yourself to know what what else is out there besides yeah. what you're reading. But um, I I do try to find the right side. I'll watch that side and hear what they're saying, and now and then I'll go. The Young Turks. But wouldn't it be amazing if 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 you didn't know any bias? If like if if you said you know what I don't know that this thing has a side. Wouldn't it be great honestly, to go flip, to the source? Honestly, flip. I I do not mind. I think it is better, personally, to have yeah. all of the parts of the bell curve represented, right? Where you have the extreme right, the extreme left, and the but middle. But you can have that. That's called opinion pieces. But I mean, it, it, but the, I mean, that's the place of opinion. You can't no longer. You can no longer have opinion not being a part of media when you have twenty-four hour media cycles and you've got all these programs on CNN and Fox that are that are opinion based. You know what I'm saying? It's it's virtually impossible. If you wanted to go back to where everybody watches the 12 o'clock in the afternoon news for half an hour and an hour at night, if you want to go back to that, then maybe we got a chance at, at getting the unbiased. I don't think it's ever going to happen again. Yeah, I don't either. Not to stay on this for much longer, but this is a cooler little thing I found. Um, it's more interactive, and it's showing different. You can you can um, you can change, you know, which ones you want to see. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's insane know, from left to right and then zoom in as to exactly where they're at i don't know what these little dots represent they, it might be they, like they, local they, newspapers look at that. stuff, that's dude. the atlantic for god's sake hey that's pretty cool so all those dots are media outlets yeah, yeah i like that new york times the nation you gotta save that i want to that's I, i'd really like to see that I, re, I do too this is unbelievable good job andy yeah all so right, you can man. you can You're drag looking. her around on there and get up uh and what, zoom what's in? in the middle all the way at the top what's all the way at the top right in the middle um, what's the dot at the top? Yeah, all the way oh, as far sorry. as as far top you can get. My mouse skills are that the weather channel five year old. <laughs> Look right there, it is Washington Post. Are you kidding me? 
There's no way that's right. <laughs> no way. There's not even a, a, a possibility of that. Again, it's following some sort of algorithm. Yeah, that's How your that's so your most middle all the way at the top. Go over to but the But it might reliable. be uh, the accumulation of their articles. You know, they may have this right. crazy left-leaning headlines. Underneath that, man. Top right stories. You know? Right there? Yeah. What is that? NBC News. How? Skews right? Barely, though. I mean, you're... You're talking on the grand scheme of things, not very you know, right. I got to be honest with you, though. I, I I can't tell you the last time I watched ABC, CBS, yeah, I don't or, have a or TV, NBC News. So I don't. Truthfully, I don't, yeah. you know they could be they could be right all day long. I don't. I you know when you really think about it, the major news outlets that we used to watch when I was a kid, yeah, are no longer really any part of that equation anymore. Yeah, might as well be cable news now. Natural cable news, news is bigger. all the way down bottom right. Natural news, Epic Times. There you go. Now see, Epic Times. That's a little bit. That's a little bit of a. Who's there all the way on the left? World Truth TV. <laughs> what? The? Five people. Five people. <laughs> they have a reliability score of three point six seven <laughs> out of a ten. World Truth. So what, TV. what? Where? So let me see this. Let me see this. Go to. Okay, I gotta see what you the can left type. The, you can type the name of it and search Original all these. Fact yeah, you got. You have to send that to me. Send it. Send it to me in an email. Oh, no, wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. We're not reading that top part right. We're not reading that top part right. So this is saying, why the Washington Post is in the middle as far as that goes, is it saying original fact reporting, meaning somebody from their shop is the one that started or went after the story. Not They didn't pick it up from someplace else. Is that right? That sounds like what, that's what that is. Right, because yeah. now you got fact reporting, which would be people you, you're getting, you're checking people's facts. Yeah, it's not original to you. Right, hmm. maybe so that, that's a little bit different. I would say, which is why you're going to see the New York Times and the Washington Post and all those newspapers up there, because they go after the stories. They have reporters that go after the yeah, story, and, and, it's, and, their, and that that would make sense why the AP would be up there because what the Associated Press is. It's a subscription service, so anybody that's subscribing to it can submit to it, yeah. which means they it's like a co-op. They pull from news all over the world. That makes more a little bit more sense. Yeah. And you yeah. see here, each one of these dots seems to be either a, ca- a newscast of some sort, like this one says here from AP News, audience size, 25,077,000, and then you get up in here and it gives you the article URL. So this is... Oh, so these are all, all these little dots seem to be actual. Okay. Now look at this too, Andy. It's on the right hand side. The type key says most reliable for news is in the green boxes, the green Mm -hmm. box. Okay. So I, I, we'd have to dive into this a little bit more to really kind of a little bit. Yeah. But But it it looks like an, an interesting, um, it's definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I definitely want to take how screwy, how screwy is it that it looks like the top of the Capitol? There's a lot of, yeah, (laughs) right. There's a lot of data there though. I mean, a lot of data. Yep. But I mean, really, I think this is good for people that are looking for new news sources. Maybe you're tired of reading the Hill or the wall street journal and you want to find something else that's yeah. goes a different direction. This is, this is pretty cool because I mean, there's a ton of shit out there. Yeah, so that's, I mean, uh, I think people got to stay off of other people's Facebook pages and listen to other people's opinions. Oh I will gosh. say that anomaly and some of these guys, <laughs> which I like anomaly, and 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 then and that other kid, uh, what's his name, Andy? The where's the the tabal, the hat? Uh, Ooh, t- Tim. T- uh, well, they, they've made their own newscasts essentially on Facebook. 
But then they also get very pissed off when Facebook censors them. I'm just like, dude, okay? Yeah. You can't use their platform when you know what their bias is. You complain about all the time. And you know they lean certain ways and they don't want you saying certain things. And then you do and you get pissed off about it. <laughs> Start your own Facebook. Right? My question to you then, Flip, would be, is there a light at the at the end of the tunnel? Or do you even see if there will be a light at the end of the, end of the tunnel, number one? And number two, what would it take to restore some integrity in the mainstream media to where they're actually serving the people and not themselves? Does that make sense? I don't know. Because it's a, it's a business. It's about money. But if you think about history, I mean the world moves in cycles and yeah. sort of our relationships in our neighborhood are no different than sort of global relationships. It's that there are honest people and dishonest people and, you know, and, and people have personalities, families have personalities, neighborhoods have personalities. Would you agree? Cities, states. And I think that, you know, there's a, there's a personality to the way Western media works. It has a, a certain lack of integrity and, you know, but it's like, you know, I, is it better than communist China media? It's far better. Okay, yeah. so it, it, there's some aspects. It's we still live in a free country, and with all the problems, we have a remarkable media that we can say, talk, you know, express ourselves. I mean, it really is in comparison to a lot of parts of the world. Yeah, we still have a remarkable country. Would you say and, that? Would you agree that social media and our our uh, intense and immediate connectiveness has led to this getting further down the yes, drain absolutely yeah i mean you know this whole concept of citizen journalists yeah it's like saying citizen doctor <laughs> i mean you want a citizen doctor removing your kidneys and people will say ah oh, you can't compare a journalist to a doctor but you can because <laughs> you got the first thumbs up for the, the night first thumbs up yeah, of the day it's yeah. good that was one of the best things i ever heard in my entire life but it, but it takes, there's a lot of training when it comes to self-policing, managing your bias, having skill. I mean, even interviewing a person, knowing how to ask questions that are interrogated, like an interrogation, not, not a, a negative interrogation, but extracting truth no. is very different than like lobbing questions at somebody to get answers that you kind of want. And an inexperienced, an untrained person, you can't send an untrained detective in to solve a crime. Right. It takes a skilled person to speak and, and navigate to truth. And so the idea of citizen journalists, there are citizen journalists. I mean, you know, people running around with their agendas and their cell phones. It's like, what are they doing? I mean, it, it's, and some people may really say, oh, I'm, I'm curbing free speech. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. But that's not journalism. I, I, that's a, that's I a form say, of, you know, social collection and, and things happen like that video you just showed because oh yeah, somebody doesn't have the yeah. discipline to, or even understand the context. Well, I the, mean, Tim, the Tim, you, you got, I bet you know this guy, Tim, what is his name, Andy? Can you, uh, it's Tim. I want to say Tim Scott or Tim, uh, shit, but he actually started out by going into the war zones in a, in this country, especially last year during when like Oregon and oh, stuff. Oh, you're talking about Tim Pool. Tim Pool. That's right. Yeah. You ever heard of him? Yes. No. Okay. Yeah. I I would say he's more than a, like anomaly. Really, just takes anomaly brings information and finds information, brings it up and brings it out. And so I think that citizen journalists that you're talking about, I'm not as familiar with those pe those types of people. The, these two particular people that I've started kind of watching and paying attention to. One of them brings out information that 
I'm like, where did you get that? Right. I want to go. And he wants you to go learn about stuff. That's cool. Tim pool actually goes and does goes into the shit and, and brings out information too. So what they're doing or trying to in different ways do exactly what you're saying. But as far as the majority of people that are trying to use their, you know, use these social media platforms yeah. to act like they somehow know this information. Like it, to me, it's like, um, the, the, a preacher talking about the Bible. Yeah. Right. Cause at the end of the day, it, it, it it all boils down to the fact that this guy still or girl doesn't know what they're really talking about. It's all about faith. Right. And, and, and I think that that's what we're talking about to some extent with news reporting. Yeah, and when I, when I say citizen journalists, I don't mean that you have to be working for one of the official news agencies, but no, like, this, like this guy that you can have it, you can develop the the protocols and the, you can do it on your own to some degree, but you're going to have to train yourself. You're going to have to have, you know, rules for yourself and, and discipline. And, you know, it's like, you can't just go do whatever you want to do. I would be interested to see you, the next time I talk to you, look up Tim pool I will, and just see up. what you, th- it'd be interesting to see, get your viewpoint on it. So you, you have, and this is, this is really cool. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, some liberal, some liberal, liberal stuff. Going I love on here. Noam Chomsky. We don't agree well, on Penn, politics. Though. I mean, but... Sean Penn is just a he. He's 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 very very liberal. Not even Democrat, but just liberal thinker and very you know he's very opinionated. But here's like, what he and I have in common. I, I'm I'm interested to hear this. Is, what is that? He is a he is a true lover of people. Right. The guy really cares about people. He's not a he's not a noisemaker for. For making no, I mean, he doesn't just want to make noise. He, he's a true believer. He really cares about people, and his philosophy about how to care about people we may disagree in, yeah. on, but man, I really, I really trust him and value, you know, his his love of people, what, and that's a, that's something really common. And that you, you you can love people and be liberal. You can have different ways of going about it, and yeah, I I I have liberal liberal viewpoints on things even when it comes to 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 race to to kids i mean you know, this abortion thing that's going on right now in texas and a few other parts of the country um you know there are i i i definitely can see some liberal viewpoints in some things uh even though i, I i'm really more of a conservative economic conservative uh, you know libertarian more so just kind of leave me alone yeah you do your thing i'll do my regardless of that um is that something you found with with people like Sean Penn and and maybe uh, Bruce Springsteen and some of these people that are really, that, that have no problem not only being liberal in thought, but they will, they the way they talk about conservatives, for instance. Yeah. When you meet these type of people, Noam Chodsky and, the, and, the, and that sort of thing, do you find that their personality when you meet them most of the time is way different than how people think of them? Yeah mostly for the opposite or or it's not enough i like i love bruce springsteen i've never met him but i know people that know him well and i think he is how he portrays himself he's a he's like like a rock solid dude yeah and he has a lot of opinions and you know he's very politically opinionated but i think uh, he appears to be a guy that's governed by a love of people I mean, there's a true, like, he cares about what's true. I mean, his music is, I mean, his, his lyrics are really, he's really a, uh, 
a folk writer. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's like a novelist. A great songwriter. I mean, yeah. because it's really anchored in sort of some true things. See, and we have to say that here on the show because Verdoliak Law, <laughs> Verdoliak Law Group, Eddie Verdoliak's probably his number one fan. And I just wanted to, I, I, I kind of was hoping that you would say that he is the worst human being you've ever I am. Uh, in, but, I, I have but to no. say, okay, but the he's boss, great. Oh. it was one of the first uh, titles my daughter ever learned <laughs> was mean, Who is the Boss? I uh, I love I love his songs. I, I love the music or whatnot, but it's just funny to make fun of, of Eddie. And like Noam Chomsky, <laughs> I, I, a thing about Noam that I love, and he's not my friend, but Noam Chomsky, I mean, he is a liberal left guy, but he's a linguist. I mean, he's one of the great linguists in history. And his, his dedication to, to the truth of words and language, I share. I, I guess I get a little bit interested in, in when, when these, uh, I go back to the economic part of it. When these guys have no problem talking about how everybody should be, share everything, but they have 16 offshore accounts. So you, you wrote this book, you and you and the prime minister of Laurent Lamoth. Yeah. He is the prime minister, the former prime minister of Haiti, Haiti, the and, only and, successful leader of the country has ever had in modern times, in my opinion, which is, so when did you get back from Haiti? Um, my last trip there was in December. I spent Christmas there with the president, actually the president that was murdered. So you spent time with him. Yeah, okay. I, I was getting to know. I was working on a film with him. So, can you kind of tell us a little bit? Just set up a little bit of this. You want to see this? Uh, a little bit of this. Uh, what 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 happened here? Because it, okay, so, and, and and I'll just give what the news is saying. Yeah. Basically, listen to this, Andy. Twenty six Colombians. Okay, which you know I'm dating a Colombian. All right, my old lady's a Colombian, which make this makes me feel not good because. At one point in time, there are going to be 26 Colombians come to the house dressed as DEA agents to take me out, okay? Shot him 12 times. Some gnarly stuff to his body, which I don't even understand that. Maybe you can kind of fill us in on this. They dressed as DEA agents from the United States. Uh, they go in. They were they were Colombian ex-soldiers. Uh, um, a lot of them thought that they were going to be um, translators. So some of them didn't even know what they were going for. I'm not sure if that is true. They caught everybody but five of them. And then it it goes back. I mean, this is some James Bond shit. Just the story that you read on, that you find about this stuff. But then it, it traces back to a, a Miami-based company run by a Venezuelan. A, a Venezuelan. Tony Entrago says. So is any of that true? Number one, does that does that was any of this in a conversation, or did you feel that he felt his, like his life was? In oh, he was open about it. Okay, so what kind of fill us in? Um, you know, kind of what you know about the situation. So I started working with him a year ago in August, and I was um, negotiating a contract. We had never signed it. He, um, and uh, so I was working on my own dollar. For mainly I wanted to go that direction so that I could, you know, say that I was objective. Yeah. And I was working on a film with him. He was gave me total access. That was the agreement. Is I got access to all of his life. 
behind closed doors. I got access to the government. How long had he had been president at this time? Uh, three years, three I years. guess. And um, the short of the story of of Moise, and one actually, I'll I'll sort of jump if we're like in a movie. Yeah. To a remarkable fact that most people don't know is that the night he was assassinated, I was supposed to be with him. So Laurent Lamont, um, he was supposed to be there. And a friend of mine here from Nashville, Adam Will, I don't know if you know Adam Will, he's a businessman. And he has become friends with Laurent Lamont. And we were supposed to be in Haiti with the president that day. And whenever I would meet with him at his house, I would often be there after hours and we would stay talking till, you know, one or two in the morning. So I would have been there that night. I canceled the day before. For what reason? Can't I say. just was frustrated, tired. I had almost died twice in the Republic of Georgia. I'd just flown back from there. And it was just one of those weird things where I was like, you know what? I just can't make the meeting right now. Let's cancel it. And he was murdered, which is a bizarre thing. Yeah. But going back to sort of the big picture. So this guy, and I won't go into the whole political history sure, sure. of Haiti or whatever, but he was democratically elected president. But he was he was really going to be a puppet of the last president, Martelly, who had named him as his his successor. And he's a banana farmer, um, and he he gets elected president. And as soon as he was elected president, he took the job seriously. So he was a very ineffective president. He wasn't a great leader, but he really cared. And what he began to do was fight against the corruption in the country. And the most corrupt part of Haiti, aside from the government itself, all levels of the government, because it's so poor, yeah. people enter government so they, they can make a living and make money. So it's like every senator, everybody that come, gets in the government, they just start stealing from the government. And when Laurent Lamont was, was prime minister, he was fighting that corruption. It was just amazing, like a revolving door of people are being fired. So this guy, but aside from the government, the most corrupt in Haiti are the wealthiest people of Haiti. That doesn't mean if you're wealthy in Haiti that you're corrupt, but imagine that like a handful of families control most of the wealth in the country. And I mean, we're talking millions and millions of dollars. And so this guy began to work with these families saying, you know, look, it isn't fair what's happening to the country with you. For example, one of the families had the contract for electricity for the country. And I think the figure was something like $12 million a month. One family. Another family was the importer of uh, fuel. And he went to, and they have monopolies on these things. And he goes to these families saying, look, this isn't fair. We're the poorest country in the Western hemisphere, you got to give a little. And they didn't. So he cut the contract for this one family running the electric. Holy shit cut the contract for petroleum. Like overnight, you know, their houses, penthouses in, in Paris, you know, sports cars in countries and cities around the world. I mean, these are like uber, uber wealthy families. And so these families had everything to lose by him maintaining his presidency. So they began to try and get him out. And so a year ago, right when I first began to meet with him, he said openly, the very first night that we met, they're trying to kill me. 
And then he named exactly what it was. And so during that, that season, there was a judge in Haiti that was arrested along with one of the head of palace security because they had audio recordings of these people talking about kidnapping the president. They're going to kidnap him. They plotted to do it. And he arrested them. And then he fired a bunch of people. And the U.S. media called it conspiracy theories. And they, they, they denounced him. They called him a despot. They said that he was trying to grab power and hold on to power Holy and all these shit. things. But like, so a year prior, there was a plot to kidnap him and kill him. And he knew it. And the first night that we met, and this is, so we met and we're sort of trying to size each other up because I don't really know him that well. I know people that know him and I'm trying to figure out like, do I want to work with this guy? Is he what the media is saying he is? Is he a despot? Is he trying to hold on to power? He was a really gentle, humble person. He's the opposite of all the pictures the media paints of him. He just was ineffective, an ineffective leader. So does but that mean the United States is using Haiti too? I mean, we use him. Everybody uses Haiti. Yeah. It's, it's like 12 million people. It's a huge market. Imagine you got to sell 12 million people rice, soap, spaghetti, shampoo, yeah. T-shirts. It's a huge market. It's a really big market. And so this guy, there, was a, there were a lot of plots against him. So the story about the Colombians, the story about these guys in Miami, all those people were a part of it. But there's no way that they are behind the assassination. Right. And nobody's ever going to find out who really did it, but, and I don't want to name names, but it, you can read it yourself. The, the, the list of suspects are few and they're at the top, but there are the scapegoats and nobody ever finds those people, but let's, let's think about reality. Here. Okay. When, when somebody's going to assassinate a president, are they going to take 26 people right. from another country who are very easy to identify? Right. And send them in to kill a president? Right. There were, there were over 40 palace guards supposed to be on duty protecting that house. Every time I went to that house, to the president's house, I had to pass through so many checkpoints and layers of security before I got to his door. And they said that there was no problem for them to get in. Yeah. They walked right in. So it was top down. It, it was... It was I mean, the guards were all involved in it, you know, they, this, they, and you don't send in 26 people to, to kill a person. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. How are you going to escape? How are you going to exfil 26 so, so mercenaries? It was a point was being made. It's it, no, it wasn't just a point. There was, here's what people in the military who talk about this investigation say. They say that probably two of the, the Colombians knew that they were going to kill this president. But it wasn't them organizing. It was organized. It was complicit with the palace guard. And But it was they, they were brought in. But the rest were probably in the dark. They actually had a warrant for the president's arrest issued by some other judge that was trying to break the Constitution and arrest the president. They were told that they were going to arrest him. These two translators, these American citizens who were Haitian-born, you know, we're saying that they didn't know and it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is that someone, some very few people, and it, and it may be a conspiracy. It is. A, it, you know, you, you it, feel it, it is people, not countries involved I, in this. I, 
per- personally, I think that Colombia is involved in Mexico. I'm going to really get myself in dangerous waters. Well, no, that's no, fine. Because, don't, don't get too deep with it. Because drugs are involved. I mean, gotcha. Haiti is a main passage for cocaine coming from Colombia. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a transit point. And there, there's a lot of investigation that, that, that's around that with this assassination. And I think that you're never going to know who really did it because yeah. probably the cartels were in bed with maybe one of the oligarchs of Haiti who was also in bed with the police, all the people that had something to gain from it. There probably really is a conspiracy there. Not a conspiracy like conspiracy yeah, theories, yeah. but a, the definition of a conspiracy Pe- right. is when, to, when to, people get yeah. together and say, okay, this is in our interest to do this. And the best way to, to do something like that is to have a person killed, but then have all this noise around it. And there's no better <laughs> noise than to take a bunch of desperate ex-soldiers yeah. and bring them into the country and make them patsies. Yeah. And these poor fuckers, man. They're going to be patsies. They're gonna. They're all gonna die in jail in Haiti. Yeah, and and you know, and it's their fault because if you're if you're dumb enough as a mercenary to accept a contract like that, you're gonna you're gonna pay the price. Well, I mean, again, five of them still haven't been caught, so maybe those were the five main five. You know, I mean, who knows? Yeah, because they do say there was two or three that were the ones that put it, masterminded it, whatnot. So that being said, does do. Is it something that you know? We talked about in the in the beginning, early earlier, when you think about you know the United. So this this comes on the media in the United States. It comes over the news, and people like they don't know how to feel. How is an American supposed to feel about the president of Haiti getting killed? Number one, number two, does that have any kind of overtone to, or or does it have any kind of uh, suction to the United States? Like, is there anything that happens in the United States because that happened? No, no, I mean that really doesn't affect us in the country. You know, you know what I mean. It doesn't really affect anybody personally. Well, Haiti is in, is always been important to the United States because Haiti is a great insecurity to the United States, just like Cuba. And the United States has never wanted any other government to get a foothold in Haiti. And Haiti is a has always been a risk. So the United States' main interest, in my opinion, geopolitically in Haiti, is if Haiti is destabilized. You know, it's better. It, it's better for the United States because nobody can really take root there because we're the only one that really keeps coming to Haiti's aid and we the proximity to do that. So when there's a natural disaster, or whenever there's need, the United States is going to be there to hold Haiti's hand. Yeah. And so you keep Haiti all beat up and Haiti's always going to need you. And it's going to keep, you know, so if, if I were running the United States uh, and I had no morals, I'd just say, let Haiti stay broken because <laughs> then nobody's going to be able to like turn it into another Cuba and launch a missile at us from there. And I think, but then second, you know, there's Haiti is just a market. It's a, uh, you know, and there's, there's a long story with that, but I, I think it, 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 keeping with the theme of media, what's most extraordinary about this assassination is Chris, he's a good man. Yeah. I mean, he was a gentle, good person who loved his country and wanted to be a good president. He wanted to leave a legacy. He knew they were trying to kill him, but the picture that the media in the U S that the story that was told, it was as if he was a despot 
And then people just propagated lies. Like yeah. one of the great lies was he was democratically elected president for a five-year term. How, how does that? And at year four, because they have five-year terms in Haiti, at year four, this narrative by the rich oligarchs in Haiti who wanted to get him out and the opposition in Haiti was that, that he was now beyond his term because there was a year gap between the last president and him. So even though he was elected for a five-year term, somehow they decided to spin this narrative of his term really started before a year before a year he before. was elected. Gotcha. But that's not true right. at all in Haiti. That's not true of the Constitution. Nobody ever said that when he was elected. But suddenly that, and then the U.S. media just took that and that became the truth. And now that's what people say. And so they make it look like he was holding on to power. It's like he was trying to have elections according to the constitution. That's why it's just amazing that people don't do their homework and read the facts. And I think what disturbs my heart, and this was a really hard thing for me because like I'm, I actually, uh, I'll make a confession to the public. My daughter may be proud of me for this. <laughs> I've actually started seeing a therapist. This really screwed me up. No kidding. It screwed me up for a lot of reasons. I mean, one was, I was supposed to be there that night it's like i can't even i still can't get my head around it it's yeah. like stranger than fiction a president a foreign country i mean it's not it doesn't happen very often yeah was assassinated i was supposed to be there that night really shook me up well you know the kids they didn't bother the kids the wife got well they, the wife they did yeah the, the wife got actually sent her to florida so she's yeah. in florida right now and no care. she's back she's back now yeah she's, so back she's back still alive she's saying she's gonna run for president oh my she's a brave woman so, but it, but it, but it hurt me, and it, it, it and it, I mean, it hurt my heart it because it was like we weren't close friends, but it's weird having somebody you know get murdered. It really, really knocked me off balance. Well, I don't mean to switch gears on you no, here, but I mean I, I, I just, uh, it, it is. You, you go. It's from the, the season of almost well, dying, you, man. You, I'm telling okay, you. Okay, so can can we let let's go into that because you're you know let's let's segue into this you and josh situation oh my god it's can it's, you lay this out yeah okay okay so you know that i've been traveling with the shepherds yeah it's my and matter of fact pray for me because on thursday i'm meeting with a gallery here in nashville and we're going to talk about the possibility of of doing the exhibition the way i want to in with nashville. the shepherds yeah nice not new york but here i want to start it here yeah i want to do it the way i want to do it I've been holding on to this story since 2014. I've made multiple expeditions with them. So I went back this spring to make another expedition. And you and took so, Josh? So Josh wanted to go. Of course. But I talked him out of it because it's a 200-mile walk through hell. And the last 75 kilometers of the walk is along a road called the Road to Shetty, which is listed... The BBC list is one of the most dangerous roads in the world, and it is. This road is freaking terrifying. It's terrifying to walk on. Can you get it? Can you bring up a picture of that, Andy? Look up the road to Shetty. Look up a video of it, man. It's How do you spell a, that? Um, T U S H E T I. Couldn't have done that if you gave me the word in front of me. I could. I probably couldn't have. Gave you and the and it's the only passageway into this region bordering Chechnya and and Republic of Georgia. And it's for a thousand years, it's where all these shepherds converge for, 
for many reasons. It's it's the the high altitude pastures, and these are these rare sheep. There's a there's a reason why they go there, right? And they migrate. They're transmigrational. So I've been following them, and Joshua couldn't. I was afraid he just couldn't do this road. This is in good weather. So are you walking? Yeah, I'm walking. I'm walking with the shepherds. Okay. And um, and this is that that's right after Abano Pass, and that you can't even understand the danger of that that road. I mean, it's literally on parts of it. You're on two thousand foot cliffs. There's no guardrail. Um, so Joshua, I was afraid he he couldn't do the whole two hundred miles, and then especially that last seventy. And here's what happened: is that um. This year, I wanted to be with the first crossing. So the first crossing happens in the snow. So the road's not even plowed. And that means that once you go over the pass, there's no rescue. You're totally on your own. It's like going to the moon. And and I did it. I made the first crossing. I think I'm the first person, the first person in modern history, maybe the first journalist ever. Many journalists go take this trek, but nobody does it in the snow and I was, the, the shepherds all said, I'm the first person that's ever made the crossing, the first crossing. Yeah. Now, when, when you say first crossing, so how do you know where the road is? See, look at this. So Holy you walk shit. on it through the snow. And it's, it's, so it's 75 kilometers. And you go up to this pass that's about 9,000 feet. But that's not 9,000 feet like here. There's the, the tree line there is 6,500 feet. So the tree line in Colorado is 10,000 feet. So at 9,000 feet there, you're way in the death zone. You're way above tree line. And everything happens, every kind of weather imaginable. And that's good, good weather there. So I make the trek, and it's so difficult that by the time I get to the summer pastures where they're at, I collapse. My body starts breaking down. And they had to do a high-altitude rescue. The military threw in, they flew in a helicopter and did this mountaintop rescue of me and flew me out they thought my organs were failing holy hell and what was because you weren't eating or just i'd I'd gotten something some intestinal virus or infection and and they think that i also had altitude sickness plus exhaustion and like i said that they they actually sent a doctor to me a military doctor on horseback and when he got to me i was trying to get them to get me out to this village in the mountains and the this guy told the general that was overseeing the rescue that if I tried to ride a horse, I'd fall off a cliff and die. And he said I had to be air vacked out and they air vacked me out. And there's a bit of humor in it is that when they landed the helicopter to, before they would transfer, they killed the sheep before they would transfer me to the uh, ambulance. <laughs> it's like right out of a dark comedy movie. The guy says, you do an interview. Now you, you say, you say we, we rescued you and that you like us. Are you serious? And so they stand me up in front of a, a news camera and it's national news that they rescue me. <laughs> and this... I start getting emails what? from friends in oh, Iraq wow. who are, and that's, that's, that's one of the villages in Tushani. That's Omaha. I mean, how are these people getting uh, supplies or whatever? They're so not. This one road. So, and it's a big tourist destination in the summer. That. But imagine it's only open in the summer and then it's snow covered. So I get air evac'd out. I come out, becomes national news. I, I go to the hospital. They release me after a day, but I'm recovering because I have this case of diarrhea that literally almost killed me. Don't say diarrhea. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm recovering for a week. 
So now Joshua is just begging, begging, begging to come. Oh, and after he, that story, he wants and, to now he and wants he to come wants, even more. He wants to come on that road. Okay. So he comes, my last four days. And against my better judgment, I agree that we, we're going to rent a vehicle with a driver and we're going to go to the top of Obano Pass. Just drive up and drive back. But I tell him, like, and I'm so terrified of this road that I almost don't go, don't go with him. Really? We, we get to the bottom of the mountain and I almost don't go. And I think I can't do that because what if something happens? I got to be there with Joshua. So we drive up and I'm telling you the drive up is so terrifying and the weather is clear and we get to the top and I, I, I start getting nervous. I feel the weather is changing and I, I tell everybody we got five minutes and the driver is saying we only have like five, 10 minutes up your max. And so the weather just changes in a heartbeat. Now, Joshua is saying, yeah, it was scary, but it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, clouds come in. We run to the vehicle, and we start off the mountain. And within a minute, we can't see anything. Oh, my God. We're totally in a cloud, and it starts snowing. Now, you saw that that road. This road just disintegrates with moisture. That's what they have landslides, constant, constant landslides. So they have these snow plows, these giant bulldozers stationed on the, on the road because they have to constantly look at this. They have to constantly recut the road. Can you get any pictures of it with snow, Andy, by chance? Yeah, I'll look. And it is beautiful. Though. And so we're, it starts snowing and we can't see the front of the van. We're in this four, four wheel drive van. And then the snow turns to sleet. Then it starts hailing. Oh, my God. Then it starts a torrential downpour, and it's serious. Like, we're we're still 9,000 feet, and we've got to go down the entire mountain, which was a three-hour drive up in good weather. Oh, my God. So we start down the mountain— and Joshua knows this, that it's scary, yeah. and I'm scared. And we have a translator with us, Beso, who said that it was the scariest thing he's ever done in his life. Joshua was sure that he was going to die, but that was before the next thing happened. So we're, we're going down. The weather is getting worse and worse and worse. The road starts disintegrating in this torrential downpour, and I actually start thinking, I think we're in real, real trouble because you can't stop. Because of lightning strikes, because of where you are, there's no way to survive at that that altitude in these storms, hypothermia, the, the list goes on. Well, vehicles are still coming up. What? And so there are parts of the road where vehicles can't pass each other. It's so narrow, one has to back up. Look at this crazy stuff. And so we get to one point where we're coming down and a vehicle's coming up and they, they start trying to pass each other, but our, we touch. We're like grinding against each other. And our driver tells that driver, if you keep going, you'll die. And then that driver just looks like there's no color in his face. And he tells our driver in Georgian, but if you keep going down, you'll die. you're going to die. And we're both sitting there with nowhere to go. And we go ahead and take off and the mountain falls and the guy punches it 
I mean, we like went up over the rubble. Holy shit. And literally the landslide, the rock is falling all over. You can't make it's like um, every type of weather, everything that can happen could happen. And then at that point, the guy stops and says, I don't know if we can make it down to the hut where the snowplow operators are, but you guys got to get out of the van because if I, if I can get it down there, you know, but probably I might get swept off the road and I'm going to die. So you guys do your best to climb down. So Joshua, I feel like an idiot. I am always, I always have a kit with me. And so I pull out my gear. I strip off. I put on my foul weather gear and boots and Joshua's dress shoes. (laughs) Oh my God. And I make him like wear my clothes, some foul weather gear I have and stuff. And he's like saying, no, no, I don't. I'm like, you're going to have hypothermia in this weather. But he's in dress shoes, and so we hiked down anyway. The short of the story is we got off the mountain, and we almost died. And the driver says that that he's been in worse weather, but that we truly almost died that day. That that was weather that nobody should be on that mountain. So you had to climb down the whole rest of the way? No, we climbed down to the snowplow operator's hut. And then what we did was we watched a vehicle, because there's these crazy switchbacks on the mountain you can look right down and it's pouring rain and the driver says if this vehicle if he doesn't die coming up to us we know the road is still open and we got to go right now otherwise we're going to be stuck here in this hut maybe a week because if a landslide happens they got to wait till somebody clears it holy shit so we get in the van when that vehicle got up and we went off the so mountain. now last question on this road you you going back you go back or is this going to be a well? I'm going to go back, but I, I this road scares the shit out of me. But I'll tell you this. I I found my limit. Yeah. When it comes my my physical, I mean, I've always had this belief that, you know, I can do whatever it takes that I can survive. Yeah. And what the, what the doctor said about me was that, you know, the shepherds even die in these environments that, right but they get acclimated to it. And when he was asked what my ailment was, the translator said that the doctor said, I suspect that the reason Philip is, is in this situation is because he's not a shepherd. It's that <laughs> you could be a special forces operator. Well, it's kind of like, like your thing before where it's like you, a citizen doctor. I mean, right. Yeah. You're, you, you know, you can do this, but you're not, you, you know, you're, you, you can't even imagine how difficult the terrain is there when they walk down the mountain when and you go up and down it's beautiful you'll go down like a thousand feet it's so steep you basically are just falling down the face of the mountain when they that first part they showed looks like a bowl it looks so like nice that's like a 1500 feet down and the sheep just go over it in the snow and i have photographs where the dogs the puppies that are afraid to go off the cliff the guy is just throwing them off the cliff. They land in the snow and slide down like a thousand feet. That's Almost insane. broke my cameras. You can't even walk on it. You just start sliding and you just slide like you're skiing. It's a wonder they haven't created something where it's, you know, like some sort of rope, you know, some some way to, to get down the mountain that way if you needed to. You know, it, but there isn't. It's just that road. Well, and they and they follow paths, you know, as the weather changes and different things. So yeah. Interesting. Well, we're gonna talk about one more thing with this Afghanistan Afghanistan thing because I'm kind of here. I want I'm interested to hear why maybe you're changing your mind or whatnot. 
uh, if, if you are changing your mind, but we're going to, uh, I'm just going to do one more quick commercial and then we'll come right back and do that. And then uh, we'll wrap it up. And then I have a couple of funny things I want to show you. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Sponsors of how valid is the validity. Audison amplifiers. Feel it. Hertz Marine and car audio. Hear what you've been missing. Verdoliac law group. Let us help you. Aurora Nutriscience. True liposomal supplements. Guidance Whiskey. Look for guidance. Sony Mobile. Next level car stereos. Titan Motoring. Customize whatever you drive. Whiskey Culture. Learn more about the drink you love. Chris Weaver Band. Live and streaming entertainment. How valid is the validity? Every Wednesday night, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, on Facebook and YouTube Live, or download wherever you podcast. And I say king. Stai ascoltando. Anata WA Kiraimasu. Estás escuchando. Você está ouvindo. No matter how you say it, you are listening to How Valid is the Validity. All right, so we're, we're here with uh, Flip Philip Holsinger, uh, a good good buddy of mine, hell of a photographer, uh, and you have your book that you just put out called "The Hands of the Prime uh, of Minister." The, of the Prime Minister, yeah. uh, it's it the forward and obviously the Sean. Penn. I mean, you got some big names on there. That's really kind of that's really cool. Uh, definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm sure you can get it on Amazon yeah, and all this. Type Amazon, of thing. Target, cool. Walmart. That's awesome. Um, so. I w- <laughs> I read this article and I thought of you immediately because, uh, you know, I, I feel like you could have been the one that maybe took this picture if you had, you been at, at this place it, it, and maybe, maybe you've heard of this thing. Let me see if I can bring up the pictures here. Um, okay, here it is. So this is, this is the, let's see. And we got, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what that is, right? Yeah. Nirvana cover. And he took off the little winky. Are you going to, are you going <laughs> to do the Biden one? No. So this, baby picture okay gets this kid his family 200 bucks i think or something like that right so he he's now 30 years old 30 some odd years old and you know this is him now okay so he's you know been trying to recreate but he's pissed off and and emotionally probably has to travel with like a emotional support goat or duck or something because it's PP was on the cover of one of the greatest right so here, here most famous rock album. i just had to bring this up because Number one, that record, who gives a shit anymore, right? Like, I, who cares? It doesn't even, nobody cares, right? This kid's been using it for his whole life. At one point in time, he said that, uh, let me see here. It's all, this is so, at 23 years old, he says, it's always been a positive thing and opened doors for me. He told The Guardian six years ago, I'm 23 now, and an artist, of course, he's an artist, right? Uh, and the story gave me the opportunity. This story gave me the opportunity to work with Shepard Fer- Ferry, Shepard Ferry for five years, which is an awesome experience. He's a huge musical connoisseur. We, when he heard that was Nir- the Nirvana baby, he thought it was really cool. But now, now he says that he is emotionally distraught. Uh, he, uh, he unbelievable how much money this record made off of him that his parents were supposed to be given $200. His winky was supposed to be covered with a sticker. And, and, none of, and so he's suing Nirvana, each, of each member, each yeah. member now. Right. Uh, he, he goes, I was sitting at a baseball, Andy, I, I, I could just, I, I, 
I wanted to do like a, some sort of skit where, <laughs> but he's sitting. He says, I'm, "I've been sitting in a baseball game, and man, everybody at this game has probably seen my little baby penis, right?" <laughs> Right, that, that's, he says this. This is something he said, and now he's suing them for I think it's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars from each 15, 15 people. Get, so some of the guys at Geffen Records, all the members, oh, each God. member of the right. Here I mean, you go. Just, Look at this, because he he's uh, he's actually done this multiple times. He's recreated it his every life. life. Right, right. Wow. Right, and but now, but now, now though, now it's emotionally. He's woke now. That's why he's woke. Uh, did you did you see this thing with uh, Ocasio Cortez? What I, I did not realize. How I'm deep so this afraid is somebody from my past is going to be like, he looked at me wrong. Oh man, yeah, you yeah, just just try to get a, a major job. I mean that that's when it, that that shit comes out. I mean look what they did to Cuomo. They used him all through COVID, and then when they wanted him gone, what did they do? It, it, I, I've said this before, especially it doesn't matter what. Politics, you are. Doesn't matter what your politics are. If they want, if 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 somebody wants to get rid of you, all you got to do is say sexual harassment, and you can get a slew of women to come out and say anything. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Some of the women with Cuomo had brought back their what they had said, meaning like I, I don't know if it was this big a deal, right? There was a couple of people that that said that, and I think that that's kind of. You kind of read some tidbits of that kind of information every time, you know, because uh, what's the guy that ran for, uh, or not ran, but was getting appointed to the Supreme Court? Kavanaugh. Right, Kavanaugh, right? So Clarence Thomas. I mean, just the list goes on and on. When they want, when when whoever the system is that wants to get you out, that's the, that's the number one go-to thing. Because let's face it, these guy, these men especially, they get power. They have power, whatever the case is. You know, they think they can get away with certain things or say certain things that they probably shouldn't, that you shouldn't say or do. For instance, touching people is never okay, <laughs> right? I mean, Biden. Oh my God, it's awful. The 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 the, the, the things that come out about the if things, there's nothing else anybody talks about, it's like that guy just gets a pass from the press on the creepiest behavior. It's unbelievable. Even Hillary Clinton, the 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 video of him touching Hillary Clinton's face and the look on her face trying to <laughs> suck it up was one of the craziest things. Like, I mean, it is just unbelievable, right? It's unbelievable. And it, it does get a pass because nobody says anything. But, but you know, when you just, there is definitely a problem with, some sort of problem with men in higher political office trying to th- get away with things with and saying things to women that they shouldn't say. No question about it. But it just, it doesn't take much. Right. And the fact that you can go back on somebody 25 years ago or 15 years ago, I mean, that's really rough. I mean, it's really rough. And so these guys just, they try to fight it for a minute. I mean, Cuomo tried to fight it for a second, you know, and apparently, what's his brother's name? Chris. Um, Chris Cuomo. I, I mean, all the stuff that happened to him. I'm, I'm surprised he's allowed to come back to CNN, at, yeah. at, you know, because they're trying to, it's really insane. And so the point I'm making about all this is that this stuff every day, one minute, Chris Cuomo and, and, and the and governor Cuomo are the two biggest proponents of, you know, the, removing the president COVID, uh, you know, how, yeah, how I mean, COVID's were, being had. There was, there was serious talk of Cuomo becoming president off of this. Right. 
and 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 then literally six months later, these two are are napalm. You they you they don't nobody regard they they're gone they're done. I mean it's and but six months ago we we a year ago they were the guys that everybody was listening to for their information. That's right. Beware when anybody wants to put a laurel on your head, man. Because then they're going to want to cut it off. It's insane, and and so uh, it, it just—that's why I. Think, I'm afraid of being famous, Bubba. I don't know how you deal with it. I, I because I'm not. I mean, I don't have a problem. I mean, we, we're, you know, like fucking <laughs> being famous. Give me a break. <laughs> I, I always tell people I'm just famous enough to get in the door. That's all. I know that's all I need now. You know, I'm I'm getting to the point. I now love where, being anonymous. That's why it's weird doing this. Oh, trust me, you're still okay. Okay, you're still all right with this. Point being is that I think that all of these things, people get so desensitized to this kid, for instance, who if he for the last 30 years have been in therapy, not taking in pictures of himself in the pool every year on the anniversary <laughs> of the of the album, right? Like sucking it, it, people are just so freaking desensitized to all this shit. You know, all this one minute you're the Fauci's the guy that everybody needs to listen to. And and the next minute he's 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 the worst piece of shit that ever existed. And and people just turn it off. So, you know, like going all the way back to our conversation tonight, it, it's just that's what's going on right now. That's why you just people want to they'll look at 19 seconds. They'll look at 10 seconds. They'll look at 30 seconds. And that's all you're going to get. Yeah. And then they'll make their mind up and they'll move on. And And then for most people, if something comes out that it finds out that whatever they saw or heard wasn't true, they just freaking change their mind and move on. But this, the fact still remains that all these things that you listen to and read, like you were talking about tonight, nobody knows. And 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 you so you put this vaccine in your system, and 100% nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen to you, right? So a majority of the people in the world may have no side effects may never know any part of this vaccine may never do anything to anybody to a majority of the people in this world. But what about the million people that grow tails or get cancer or, or have blood clots or their menstrual cycle changes forever or their hair turns colors? This is, this is something that I, how do you, how do you do this? How, how, how is this okay? And I, you know, Doctor after doctor after doctor at this point is, is that I've talked to say if you don't get it, you're crazy. You're, it's a bad choice, you know. Yeah, that's become the mantra, you know. And 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 so you have to hope that doctors, you know, who you got to hope that a majority of them care about people, <laughs> right? They may care, but I don't. I, I don't want to talk bad about a profession, but no, I, I mean, I, uh, I, 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 you, you know, can, you can, you can be uh, an uninformed yes, physician as much as you can be an uninformed. But, but across you know, the board, yeah, across the board in different sectors of healthcare, doctor-wise, surgeons, family practice, yeah, whatever. Across the board, you're fine. Most doctors are telling you get the get the yeah. vaccine. I don't know that, and to me, uh, that's better than Fauci. That's it is what it is, you know. And and, and you got to hope that, that that's the faith you got to have. But some people are going to have a problem with this thing. It's going to hurt them. It's going to. People are allergic to things. People deal with shit differently. And we didn't take time to figure out any of that stuff. And going back to, and this is the last thing I'll say about it. But there is no doubt about the fact that this RNA 
uh, research was not going fast enough. And this brought it to the top of the pile. They've been trying to, they've been researching this stuff since the 70s. It wasn't going fast enough. And so all of a sudden, you basically got the adrenaline in the chest where nothing else was getting funded, nothing else was getting looked at. All of the communities, health communities in the world came together to get this thing figured out and RNA vaccines to be put at the top of the list of how this works and how it's and, and how it's okay to go in people. I don't know. That being said, why are you not going or going to Afghanistan? Well, honestly, I'm not going because after all the stuff in Georgia and then Haiti and uh, I hit the pause button on danger and my daughter, I love my daughter dearly. My daughter basically did an intervention. She's never, ever done this. She's never asked me not to go anywhere. And she's, she knows the power of her words with me. And she came and, and said, you know, I don't want you to feel bad about this, but I want to tell you the truth that I've felt, you know, at times in my life, like I take a back seat to poor people in poor countries. And that I'm afraid you're going to die and not be there to walk me down the aisle and to be a, a grandfather someday in the future for me and, you know, to my kids. And she asked me if I would hit the pause button. She's never asked anything like that. And I did. I hit the pause button. And as soon as Afghan started, Afghanistan started blowing up, I, I immediately, and I'm getting calls, and she doesn't know this, that I'm on the phone and, I've got already had had an invitation to come and travel with this special operations group clandestinely into Afghanistan doing some rescues. And she drove down from university and said, <laughs> you're going, aren't you? And I was like, no, I've said no. I've said no. Now, now do you have an so, opportunity to, to go back though? I mean, well, so I said no to it and, but the operations are ongoing and uh, they've, uh, they've just gotten four people out but they've got helicopters now and they're running. So they're hunting Americans. Is that true or not? Yeah. It is. Yeah. And, and so I, I would like to go and honestly for probably all the wrong reasons is that I have access and this crew is not inviting any journalists to go with them. I mean, it's really dangerous. They're, they're crossing borders They're and they've invited me to go because they know that I'll, that I'll honor their wishes, which is to not publicize anything until they're done with their operation and, um, and to also hide the identities of some people. And they're offering me full access as a photographer. And I know that if I go, that the chances of taking the kind of photograph and story that makes you huge is possible. Gotcha. And that's for all the wrong reasons. But it but it's definitely there and it's tempting. Um so let me ask you a question. And, and and But yeah, they are they're hunting people. So and that's a fact. I mean we know that. If 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 and if if nobody knew that once we pulled out of there that this was gonna crash this this quickly. Okay. Not saying that people there uh, you're not getting that we thought that it wouldn't crash, right? It, it it's almost like we're more surprised on how fast it it went to hell. Okay, have we really just done in, in any? Have we really done anything over there in twenty years? In the sense that because it went down so fast, because I mean we trained hundreds of thousands of military people 
right? Or did we? I mean, it, it, the fact that the Taliban took it over, have we just been putting a Band-Aid on something that eventually was going to have to get ripped off? Because, I mean, we've been talking about taking the troops out of there for years and years yeah. back in Obama time, right? So is this something that you're feeling from them where, where this was never, this was always going to be like this? Meaning as soon as we really pulled everybody out of there, this is how this was going to be no matter what? Or did they just screw it up so bad? Because it didn't have to be like this at all, right? I mean, there, this was didn't have to be the way that people didn't have to be hanging off an airplane and dropping, you know, hundreds yeah. of feet. That didn't have to happen. I mean, we 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 created a divided society in 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 one form by being there, right? And that that's not necessarily a negative thing. By being there, we offered the possibility of a nation. And we westernized a lot of, uh, it westernized but, but, a lot. But we offered the possibility of a unified nation. Yeah. And educated people got involved and they upheld it. And those are the people hanging off the plane because now they're all hunted. But what what people don't understand is that the idea of countries aren't fixed. I mean, it's easy for us to think about the United States of America. Right. but. We don't even really understand what that is. They're United States. I mean, what what our experiment, our democracy is, it's not a nation. It's a united group of microstates. But that's disappearing sure. because of the federal government, the way that we do it now. But we have sort of these defined borders. But, you know, the, the short history of the Middle East up into, you know, Central Asia is that they're just arbitrary countries. They they didn't they don't exist in history. I mean, the British and you know they just carved them out and said right. we're going to call this a country. I mean, Afghanistan is a tribal nation, and these are these are old old groups of people, and that's the same with the Iraq. And so it's this unrealistic thing is to say we're going to impose a national unity. I mean, people don't even view themselves as that way. And so you have the Taliban that's this religious thing, which is a different way of unifying people. People unify around deep belief. And the Taliban is a deep, deep conservative, radical belief. Conservative, radical. Yeah. Big time. I and mean, we're so, talking covering, because the women are coming yeah. back out of the population, coming back out of the workforce, coming and, back out of not wearing. And that feels secure to some people, even if they don't like the effect of some of it. Yeah. Because it's a it's a way of of governing a very wild place. I mean, and but but this isn't something we don't know. I mean, the there are several books written and several philosophies of of how the military can can best work in that part of the world that we never ever really tried. And you know the the story of the horse soldiers. Yes, that guy is actually from Nashville. Dude, the guy is opening up a huge whiskey distillery in Kentucky right now. Extraordinary person. Horse, I just met him. Just met him in, at Westgate. His buddies with the the COO of Westgate. And and, and, and the reason he was successful in what he did was because he be, he built a real relationship with some men of integrity who ran their tribes and worked with them. And there were people in the U.S. military that understood that and tried to make that part of how he did it. Then it got turned into this hearts and minds thing, and you know. But but the but the reality is is that 
you know, how do you ungo- how do you govern an ungovernable yeah. wild place? And so do you find and maybe it was always going to collapse just right. like Iraq was always going to collapse. Once you took, you know, Saddam out, what were you left with? You were left with the Kurds and all these tribal factions that it was immediate civil war. And that's what's about to happen in Afghanistan. And and so my thing is this, we, we had to know that the intelligence had to be that. And matter of fact, Biden turned down, right. Information saying like, if you do this, this, this is going to be bad. Yeah. And they did it anyway. Yeah. Okay. I, I I don't care. It doesn't matter about why, because you really, again, it's like, it's like reading the Bible. It's faith. You got to have faith in somebody made this decision because it seemed like the best thing to do, whatever the case is. Point being is China and India. Okay. And I don't want to get too deep into world politics because I'm not really schooled on it, but it is interesting to see people don't understand China's influence on India and India's influence on that region. Right. Are we all just vying for for spots in, in the Middle East? Basically, you know what I mean? Like the United States is trying to democratize these places and, and China's trying to put communism in these places. And India is just trying to, I don't know, whatever India does. Is that what's going on? Is that happening over there? Because, I mean, you read China's trying to indoctrinate Indians. India yeah. and, and, and they're in the, they that's a- what political power has always been. Political power has always been uh, about power. But do you see, I guess what I'm asking is, do you, are you seeing some harder lines being drawn now between, because China seems to be making a bigger play in, in some of these areas, especially like, you know, cause the, China's over- been doing it for a long time. China's got a, China's got a very, very clear doctrine on how they're influencing the world. But I mean, they're using COVID. I mean, they, yeah. they use COVID to get Hong Kong, right? They, to, to kind of take over that whole situation. And, and that's been a big, huge thing. I, I just, it's just interesting to me, especially somebody that's that's been in that region before. The only thing I see that was really just a huge mistake here was how we got out of there. It was. Not so and much that we got And out. that's what the press is getting it wrong. They're turning into a story of, what, were you going to stay there and make it a forever war? It's like, that was never the question. It's, right how they left it was totally arbitrary biden made up the date and then to say he was going to honor that date who cares right yeah we're the united states of america we have to honor that date we do what we want no i mean but we actually had the military (laughs) power we could have said to the taliban no we're not going to give up bagram air base we're going to run this on our timeline until we have everybody out but we didn't it's all arbitrary it's all fake i gotta be honest with you i love talking to you Thanks love, for thanks for coming. I love back. hanging out with you no, guys. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. And so I just want to end on a happy note, Andy. I just want to end up uh, end on a happy note. I wanted to get tickets to this game so bad uh, that I I forgot about it because COVID. But I was going to vice for him. So you know, Kevin Costner goes out. They go to the Field of Dreams. You know where where they made the movie yeah. or whatever. They the uh, MLB fixed up the stadium so that I think like six thousand people could go and. Uh, Look at this. And the Yankees and the White Sox play. And the Yan- and the White Sox come out of the cornfield. Kevin Costner's crying. Cats and dogs living together. How cool would it have been to have been this game, though? Man, that's pretty cool. What it would have been really cool is if they if, if some of them didn't have any shoes. You know that, Andy? No shoes? Yeah. That would have been cool. <laughs> Somebody didn't have any shoes. All right. Cool. Well, thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. If you do go to Afghanistan, please be careful, but don't, you know, 
Take a picture for me. I send, will. send me something that might get us in trouble or I will. thrown off Facebook. <laughs> uh, thank you, Aurora Nutriscience, uh, Verdoliac Law Group. Uh, who else? Guidance Whiskey. We appreciate it very much. And I think we'll be back. We won't be back. What are we doing? How's this working out? Next week we're gone. Going to Gatlingburg. Playing in Gatlingburg for Westgate Resorts. Gatlinburg? Is it Gatlingburg? It is Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg. I, Gatling gun, I think, is what I always get confused <laughs> with. I always, I always picture myself on top of the mountain with a big Gatling gun just taking out all the deer on the side of the mountain. I don't, I don't picture that at all. Wow, this is a rough one. Uh, anyway, you guys, thank you so much. And uh, Andy, we'll see you. I think we're, we'll be back uh, the 29th. We'll be back with the 29th, and I'm not sure. I think we got... Yep. It's going to be a songwriter's thing, I think, is what it's going to end up being. But I'm not, I'm not completely sure yet. But anyway, let me see if I can find this. All right. Till next time. Andy, thank you. Love you. Flip. Thanks. Love Great you. being here. We'll talk to you next time. See you guys. The rest of the story. In the early 19th century, one name struck terror in the hearts of all Chinese. The name was Qing. Particularly fearful were those living along seacoasts and riversides, for Qing was a ruthless pirate, and more the admiral of what must have been one of the largest pirate fleets in all history. The forces of this malevolent and mighty Qing included 800 large pirate ships, almost a thousand smaller ones, six full squadrons, the service of some 70,000 pirates was required to keep that fleet afloat. New crew members were recruited from among Ching's captives. One option for the able-bodied prisoner was to become a pirate, and the other option was slow death. And there were no other options. Living conditions aboard Ching's pirate ships were dreadful at best. Each pirate was permitted a wife and a family, which he stored neatly in his own cubicle which was four feet square. Rats, the scourge of other ships, were actually encouraged to breed aboard Ching's. You see, vermin were a primary source of food for the pirates when they ran out of caterpillars. The pirates' leisure hours were spent gambling and smoking opium, which seemed to keep them out of trouble. And they did not want trouble. The wrath of their chieftain Ching was too terrible to risk. Punishable offenses included going ashore without leave. The first time, an offender's ears were perforated. The second time, everything else was perforated. Also, captive women could not be raped or otherwise abused without permission from the ship's purser. And, predictably, the pocketing of plunder privately was prohibited. They caught you doing that, you ate the cannonball. On various occasions, the Imperial Chinese Navy was sent out to destroy Qing's pirate fleet. Each mission proved an embarrassment to the government. The first time in 1808, Qing concealed most of the fleet behind a long peninsular cliff and then sailed a handful of decoys out into the open sea when the Imperial Navy attacked the decoy ships. The main squadrons emerged from hiding and pounced from behind. That battle raged from early in the morning until late in the evening, after which one could almost have walked across the ocean on floating corpses. Upon surrender, the Imperial Admiral committed suicide on the deck of Ching's vessel. And when at last it became apparent that Ching's cutthroats were unconquerable, the government made the outlaws an offer. Amnesty, government appointments, and cash prizes for any and all who would come home and go straight. 
Ching personally negotiated the best possible deal, and all of the many thousands, save a few incorrigibles, abandoned piracy to retire in luxury. And so ends happily the true tale of Ching the Pirate. Why the once bloodthirsty Ching even settled down and reared a family of four children became, so some say, a model, a model mother. I don't think I mentioned that Ching, the ruthless pirate, 